have I got a story for you. Neurons firing on all cylinders. Thoughts scatter like buckshot. Yet they're all together, tied, connected. It's similar to a tortured artist, not appreciated in their time. But please don't let me put words or labels on today's guest, dear listeners. He doesn't need that. In fact, he doesn't need much, except your support. But first, a word from today's sponsor, Andre Psyche. Yes, loyal, dear, favored followers. AndrePsyche.com is dead, but Andre Psyche, the man on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, is alive and thriving. You see, Andre has adopted a minimalistic lifestyle for materialistic things like websites, cars, mattresses, pillows, his hair. However, his creative libido is fully stimulated, viewable on social media platforms, and never minimalistic. Andre is a freelance creator extraordinaire, someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives. He was put on this earth to make others feel good. Search him up. It's Andre Psyche. That's P-S-Y-C-H-E. The next time you are looking to friend or follow someone outside of your social circle. We're also brought to you by Nail Polish. Everyone these days is trying to get noticed, viewed, typically through social media. Well, dear listeners, fuck filters. Go with the tried and true attention keeper, nail polish. The most attractive animal on the planet knew it early. Colors. Colors attract. And why wouldn't you, dear listener, use different hues to your advantage? Do we judge our precious peacock's prettiness? Never. And you have the right to flaunt your phalanges with a little fingernail finagling. After all, shouldn't you decide on the vibe you send out? and the type of mate you bring in. How's it possible? Nail polish. We here at the Getting to Know You Pod need your help. Our sound recording equipment is in dire need of upgrading. Actually, it's in need of creation since we don't have any. And we are hoping you'd be kind enough to help. Support the Getting to Know You Pod by going to our Patreon and subscribe to it for as little as $2 a month because your support is the only way to better the quality of this podcast little tight with the cash, but you still want to help? Push the subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to us on. Friend and follow the pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You could go to Apple, write a review. These helpful little hints will cost nothing but your time. I guess they're not really hints, right? And finally, we are looking for sponsors and advertisers. If you or someone you know has a business or brand and would like to expand your market reach, please consider partnering with us. We get to know people from all around the world. The podcast is downloaded coast to coast and in countries like Canada, the UK, Australia, just to name drop a few, Greece, a couple followers in Brazil. Shout out to you down there. I don't know how to say shout out in Portuguese. Is that what you speak in Brazil? Sorry, I'm off. So if you or someone you know are looking to get more traffic to your site, more followers on your social, more purchases of your product, more clicks on your whatever, just message us. And now, Getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you. Putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. On today's show, we 
are getting to know Mike. Mike, who is it degrading to say a secondhand guest? Am I your sloppy seconds? Are you my sloppy seconds? Got referred to me by Kara, who has been on the pod. Shout out, Kara. Um, Mike, thanks, man, for coming on, letting people get to know you. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure, man. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, I don't know how to the dynamic of that. It's cool now that I'm getting to the point where like I'm, I get referred to by people because you interact with them, you get to know them, and then you whatever like you feel like you continue to be almost a part of their life through social media, which is neat. And Kara had referred you to me, um, but I don't know what the like if there's an actual title for that. I think you used it, man. That was a it was a work referral. You know, we're promoting each other to each other because we admire the work that each of us is doing in the same industry and field in the same creative space. In my opinion. <laughs> I love I love that in my opinions. Yeah, I don't I, see myself as like even the microphone that's there with you, man. Like I'm just fucking talking into my Mac. It, I always feel so unprofessional the way I do this shit. I mean, I don't know if you should feel any kind of way, man, because you're just doing your thing the way you want to. That's my that's the, that's the way I see it, you know. Like you're you want to make a show and I want to make a show and what I did was I bought certain stuff and you did the same thing, but you know, we're just pursuing our own create creativity and goals this different ways because of our brains. Yeah, that probably makes it more enjoyable instead of trying to like fit into a certain way. That's what that episode I was just telling you about that I was on for the other guys' shows. I'm not trying to plug anyone else's show right now, but oh, they were trying to tell me what box I needed to fit in for a few hours. And I was letting them know very gently and as gently as I could that that's fine that they feel that way. And I don't agree with them. Uh, like a box for the... For your podcast, I'm not even sure. Like you sent me this link, and it had I want to say, and it might have been because I was seeing triples with that much wine that I drank that night. But it seemed like there was a shit ton. You just had a lot going on, man. And there seems to always say again. What do you mean that I had a lot going on? If I'm remembering the website right, it wasn't just like you're just podcast guy. Like me, I just do podcasts. I don't stream anything. I ask for a picture. I, I post up the conversation. I don't do a ton of editing. But I want to say on the website you sent me to, you had several projects, like several interests of yours. Yeah. So were they trying to put you in a box to any one particular thing? Yeah, because they're narrow-minded, unlike you, and they're just podcasters in their heads, right? Or whatever they are. Okay. So what were they trying to put you into, or what were they talking about? Yes, Jim. My cat's going to be annoying unless I let him sit with me, homie. So I'm going to let him come up here so he's like not being a jerk while I'm trying to chat with you. That's fine. Or not. Anyway, um, I want to move before we move on, man. You're not just a podcaster either, man. I don't want to put your business out in the world, but you told me what you do for work and I find it very admirable. Yeah, well, I'm a teacher. I've spoken about it. Yeah, I'd say the podcast is more of a hobby thing. But I guess when I say I'm just a podcaster... I know there are so many ways to go about this whole digital media expression, trying to, I don't, I don't even know what the realm would be, consumption, streaming, whatever. Content creation. Content man. creation. Content, there you go. Yeah. Content creation. Um, and that's what I'm saying. I guess I just have that one single lane that I'm interested in. I had had a um, professional poker player, Jillian, had come on and she informed me about, is it Twitch? Might yeah, have been like that's six how I use that too, yeah. Okay, yeah. And she was like, it was kind of fucking cool the way she was describing it because like people would, I guess it's one way to monetize, but it's another also you engage and people were telling her like different hands to play and you're live streaming like your poker games. And it seemed pretty neat. You were talking about <laughs> these guys were live streaming a YouTube video, you know? So I know there's yeah, a ton. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We were playing poker. Oh, were you really? 
yeah, well, they wanted to play poker and talk to me. What they really wanted to do was have an excuse for a format to talk to me in that wasn't them inviting me to be a guest on their show. Because they didn't think that, I don't know, man, they think they know more than me. And I don't think that's true. And we just needed a place to talk about that, that they felt safe and comfortable. Know more about what, though? Content creation? Uh Well, so there are podcasters, these folks that I'm talking about. They've got several podcasts on a network that they've created for themselves on Twitch. And before this gets any farther, I want to shout out, if they hear me, these guys are working as hard as they can, and I admire them, and I've learned a lot from how they operate. And so I'm not trying to talk bad about their business or their anything that they're doing. But I met one of the guys from this operation on Clubhouse, which is a social networking app. Okay. Are you familiar with it? Um, not been on it. Don't have a username, but have heard of it. Yeah. So I had most social media is something I started using about a month ago because I thought for a while that it wasn't very valuable to me and what I was trying to do with my life. And then I realized that I wasn't using my life the right way. So I started looking around for more tools to use to get more of what I wanted out in the world out there. And social media has proven to me that it's an incredibly valuable and powerful resource for that if you use it correctly. And so I met this fellow on Clubhouse and it was in a room for podcasters, especially at the beginning. No, actually, you know what happened? Now I'm thinking about it. I'll tell you another story about some other guys who do this. I've met meet, meet people and people and people the last couple months. I started a room on Clubhouse because I went into about 40 rooms the first two or three days. I was trying to figure out how it was used and how it worked. Hmm. And I found that what I was told is that it was going to be a place for open discussion with, you know, nobody was more important than anyone else. And it was like, you go in there and Snoop Dogg might just be hanging out talking about like his favorite weed. You know, his okay. favorite strains, right? Or you might run into like Dane Cook. I did actually listen to Dane Cook talk to several other guests for like, I don't know, probably an hour. And he was, his was probably the most gracious room that I was in. I had my hand raised for quite a while because you can raise your hand to join the stage and speak to the host of that platform. Okay. And I didn't get called on him. And it was a shame because I had some very good stories about Robin Williams of my own to talk about, which is what they were discussing was kind of the morning and the loss of him. And, uh, but I listened because I really enjoyed the way that Dane Cook was hosting it because it's some people get celebrity and they don't do anything very worthwhile with it hmm. and that other people get it and they maybe have some speed bumps in their roads because Dane Cook's career hasn't been all unblemished and he has not let that affect him and he makes his mistakes and he learns from them and he moves on to the next thing, which is how I work. So I was just enjoying vibing with a guy that I could t- tell was a kindred spirit after I'd heard him speak personally on an honest level. <clears throat> um, so anyhow. After I was bored of all the entrepreneurs lecturing me about how stupid I was, I decided to make my own clubhouse room and just see what happened. And I called it, please come talk to me because that's the name of my show. Oh, no shit. Great name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So polite. And then I sat in there for a little while and about 15 minutes later, some folks started trickling and I had a little bit of a little bit of a thing going on. I had like four or five people that were there waiting to find out what I was going to tell them about podcasting because that's what I put in the subheader. Can I pause you to go back for a minute? I'm curious um, what you felt you were being spoken to that was incorrect or what were like the disagreements? What points were those people bringing up, the entrepreneurial podcast people that you kind of disagreed with? I don't know that I agreed or disagreed with them. And the reason I don't know that (laughs) is because I raised my hand to speak and the only times I was called on, I got about a halfway through the question I wanted to ask or not even, or they let me finish it. And then I was very swiftly told why it was A, a stupid question, B, the wrong place, and C, I needed to pay them directly on their website to find out their real thoughts. 
Oh, so they so, were using Clubhouse as like that pitch. Though, hey man, I can get you ten thousand followers. Hey man, you need fifty thousand downloads. Hey, got you, got yeah. you, got you, got you. And I've decided okay. I can get all that shit on my own. I just wanted to find out the shortcuts. I wanted to find out and save myself the work for some things that I suspected, but wanted to clarify with someone that had been. What are some so of the I, things you yeah, suspected? I have a very long list, my man, and I'm proving a lot of them to myself every day. So I don't know. That's like <laughs> my whole life is built that way. I suspect a lot of stuff and I act on the world to find out if I'm correct a lot. Okay. Theory tester. Got you. Yeah. I'm a scientist at heart, my man. Right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to distract you. I was just interested because I haven't been on Clubhouse and platform wise. I was kind of interested in how the interaction went. It's It's interesting to me that it's used by those almost like not subscribing pyramid schemers kind of <laughs> where they just want you to give them a couple dollars, some cash, or maybe it's more than a couple dollars. And then they give you the five quick. Say again. There's a guy named Sebastian Rusk who wants you to pay him $1,500 to, for the pleasure of listening to him tell you how stupid you are about stuff. I found that out on clubhouse. That's man. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I feel, I feel I could, now I'm thinking of like the price is right. And I'm like, should I offer that for like $1,200? And could I maybe people, get hey, somebody? You can, you, can, you can have it for free if I learned it because I don't think that that kind of stuff should cost money. It doesn't take me very long to teach it to you. And as long as it takes you to learn it is your business. Yeah, right. So, if you listen, it won't be very long at all. But many people don't like to listen to me because they'd rather think they're smarter than me than hear something new. So what's one of the specifics that you got into with the um, YouTube on during the YouTube poker stream? Well, yeah. Okay. Let me, let me finish where I was headed with that, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So Tom's, Tom Bannis, who's a, a valuable gem human being, came into that room that day that I made and talked to me. And he told me what he did. And he operates a podcast network up in New York okay. called Drinks, Books, and Storytelling. And they run their platform on Twitch and YouTube. And so I was just asking him a few questions since I'm trying to get a podcast, among other things, like you mentioned off the ground. I'm a music producer and a sound engineer as well, but I've also been dabbling in Twitch streaming and I'm about to become an affiliate because I've been working on that for a couple of weeks. And so <clears throat> I just had some questions for him and I picked his brain. He gave me his personal phone number. There's another lady in that room named Tara that I met. We're working on some stuff together now too. And uh, anyone hears this, shout out Tara. Uh, it's uh, the Weed Gourmand, O-U-I-D. Gourmand, and she makes gourmet edibles. Okay. And they're excellent, is what I hear. I haven't tried any. Um, but I met them on Clubhouse, and then Tom and I have been like kind of connecting for about a week or so. And in that time, he's spent his time trying to figure out why he disagrees with me. And I've spent my time trying to tell him why it would be beneficial for both of us to work together on some things. And he's got some people in his life that don't want him to do that with me because of some stuff that I did. The first time that I interacted with him and his business partners, would you uh, like me to go into detail there? Yeah. Well, so the way my mind works, when you're saying like we had these disagreements and we, I've heard that several times, I just, I enjoy the specifics of like what the dis disagreement is. So I can start, I guess, trying to like, I don't know if it's like pick a side or formulate an opinion, but get an understanding of like what the misunderstanding or what the issue is. <clears throat> Well, I don't want to make myself sound like I think I'm the smartest guy in the room. Well, you I are. Think... You're the smartest guy in the Zoom, so we'll take that part. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hard disagree. I've never been a teacher in Delaware, and I have no idea how much mental brain power that takes. You know what I mean? Not a that ton, might be man. a lot of horsepower up in the up in the head. Not a ton. 
But, uh, no, I, no, man. I'll, I'll tell you then. Uh, the first time that he invited me to view his stream, since I do it on Twitch, I had some ideas in my head. And like one of them was that if you don't want to have your audience be part of the show, you better be pretty careful how you do that. And so I went on this show that David did, and they had this very funny comedian named Christy Miller on their show. And I thought she was hilarious. And so I messaged her a bunch of times from the Twitch chat after I realized how much I wanted her on my show. And she agreed to be on it. And then the other guys on the show were very angry that I did that because I poached her to them. And so what those guys in their heads apparently think is that they are better arbiters of how Christy spends her time than she is. That's interesting. Yeah. So my opinion was that Christy could decide if she wanted to be on my show for herself. And so I asked her directly while I had a chance to, and she chose to say yes. Yeah. Right. So I don't wonder. Would they not see the issue? No. Yeah. Right. I'm trying to understand. (laughs) Because like, it's not the etiquette. That's the word he keeps using to me. Uh, that wasn't the etiquette. These guys have no. These guys have paid their dues, and I'm a nobody, nothing to those people, and so I don't matter the same way. Oh, and I understand get, their valuation system to get someone like so. This guest is seen as somewhat like of a hierarchy or some sort of a ranking. Like it's all no, but I'll tell you the same story in a different way in a minute because I've been working. I iterate myself, and I, I change instantly if I feel like I need to, and if I decide something's the right way, and no one ever convinces me otherwise, I'll never change. Okay. And so they told me that that was a rude way to do that. And I tried to put myself in their shoes and it took me about a split second to do it. And I said, you know what? They're right. That is something I wouldn't have appreciated if I had their understanding of the world. Does it like take away from their stream? I guess maybe that's why it's hard for me to understand. It would be like if someone heard you, but it's, I don't think it's comparable. If someone hears you on this podcast and then they're like, Hey, Mike, come on my pod. And then I, or they like on the comments, I post this on Instagram. Hey, had a great time with Mike. Listen to his pod. And then someone's like, oh, Mike loved it. Come on my pod. And I'm like, blocked. Fuck it off. He's mine. Yeah. But so, but it's different though, because we're, we're basically the, the interaction for the moment is done and it's delayed where Twitch is more of a live stream. So is it the beef of like you're taking away from the moment to book something for the future i don't know what their problem is because none of the other guys besides tom have ever told me and i really don't think tom has a problem with what i did i think tom has a problem with that his partners have a problem with what i did Hmm. and he feels like he needs them more than he needs me and i think his opinion about that is changing the more we interact gotcha yeah Yeah, because that's the only thing I could think of, man. Is like if you distracted her, if she's in the middle of something. Again, I've never she even been on Twitch. perfect. Watch the episode; it's still up on YouTube. She okay. did a great job. She handled everything that was thrown at her because she's at least as smart as anyone else I've ever met. Gotcha. She's probably the smartest person I've seen like do that. Okay, I wasn't worried about Christy at all, and the fact that they were was hilarious to me. Yeah, right, huh? That's yeah. interesting. Twitch etiquette, poaching. No, not even that. No, it was podcasting etiquette and getting comedians to do things etiquette because apparently they have all these archaic bullshit rules in New York that I think they make up together in this little tiny club of three men that I violated. <laughs> and so I don't care that much. Right. Huh. You know, I care about those guys and I, I love them and I hope that they learn better if they need to. And I don't think I'm smarter than them. I'm just doing it my way. And I told him that. And I told him that that's fine that he has his etiquette that he uses in regards to finding guests and that I have my own. And that I thought about his, and so that's why I did it differently when I invited Lisa Lampanelli on the show. Okay. How'd you, what was the, yeah, I was going to say, go ahead. Is that 
he sent me an episode of his show and this is two days after the first incident. So he's still talking to me. Okay. And he sent me an episode of their show with Lisa on it. And she's someone I hadn't really ever heard of. I heard the name and I didn't know anything about her. And I typically don't do this, but I'm usually doing a lot of stuff with my brain at the same time. And I took my podcast, you know, in the bathroom with me, I went and took a shower on my speaker. And then when I got out, I didn't do anything else for the next 45 minutes while I finished listening to what Lisa Lampanelli had to say. And it made me realize why I'd heard her name before. And it made me realize why she was a famous comedian, even though I think she could have also been a nuclear scientist. Oh, wow. And it was because her, her mind works a lot similarly to mine. And I feel like I, I, I come across as arrogant a lot of the time, but I'm just telling you how it is, man. <laughs> it, like a lot of stuff in the world makes like a lot of sense to me really quickly. And she has the same issue that I do, is, which is that she gets fr- like, it's frustrating when you try to explain something to somebody as many different ways as you know how to. And they seem to refuse to understand it. And so she took that and she got kind of mean with it. And she has a reputation for being a mean roast comedian. Oh, nice. <laughs> and you don't want to talk to her on those terms because she'll make you cry and she'll make you wish you were never born. Gotcha. Like she'll never be able to affect how I feel, but most people can't do that. Okay. On the other hand, I love everyone so much that I want you to see yourself the way I do. Because I don't think people realize their own potential a lot of the time. And so we go two different directions with it, but I sensed a kindred spirit or at least maybe a kindred intellect. And so I sat and listened carefully to everything she said for 45 minutes. And then I invited her to be on my show on Twitter. And I tagged Tom's podcast when I did it because I thought he would appreciate that. I was promoting him because I'm starting to get a social media following and I've only been trying to do it for a couple of weeks. I figured out how it worked. I spent six months experimenting with Twitter and now I've figured out how I can make sure that I can grow a positive message and spread it as far as I feel like I need to. So I'm in the beginning stages of that process, but I got a call from Tom after I invited Lisa on my show on Twitter directly. And he let me know how fucked up that was that I didn't, I don't know what suck some guy's dick to get another guy to ask Lisa to do it for me. And it was the same group of guys that didn't like how I invited Christy on the show. Cause one of them was friends with Lisa. And so I, as politely as possible told Tom, Tom, listen, it's the same fucking thing we talked about two days ago. I hear you. I didn't invite her on while she was on your show as a guest because that was rude, I think. And so I won't do that again because when you tell me something and I agree with you, I stop doing it. Yeah. Or it changed my behavior, you know? Yeah, Maybe yeah, I won't right? do exactly what you think, well, but I'll change what I'm doing if I don't think I was right. For, or bare minimum, I'm almost thinking like just to be considered. Even if I – and this is where I fall down personally. I'm like – I might not fucking agree with you, man, but at least I respect you enough where if it piss, if I know it pisses you off, I won't do it. I'm not intentionally yeah. trying to piss you off. All right, man. I did it. You made it clear that it upsets you. I respect you enough to now alter my behavior and go about it in a different way because yeah. I don't want to piss you off. That's not my goal. Well, and the thing that's killing me about this is that he got yelled at by his friends a couple times now for this. And I'm going to send him this episode when we're done so I can tell him my thoughts in this way that I'm telling you right now. And that'll be another way for me to try and get this message through to him. You know what I mean? And so <clears throat> I was talking to him about it and I was like, well, what, what's the difference then? If I, if I don't put the at to your podcast, which I'm trying to promote by doing so in my tweet to her, then it's okay. Because then I'm just talking to her directly and you're not involved in the conversation. Will you get mad later when you find out she came on my show? So he feels it's a flex. What is the fucking etiquette? When is she allowed to decide how to use her time the right way without your involvement? Tell me when that happens. 
when you include him in the tweet, it's like you're some sort of affiliation with them, and then that reputation allows you to get that kind of guest. Is that what they're Maybe thinking? Maybe that's what he thinks. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what he thinks. Right? Yeah. Thank you, actually. I don't think I understood that until you said that just now. Thanks. That really clarified a lot of shit for me. I wonder. Huh. And here's well, the... I don't think that's what's happening. I think what's happening is I decided Lisa would be interesting to talk to, so I asked her to. Yeah. No, dude, I do that shit all the time. I fucking had um a doc, Dr. Jeff on who was... Did you see a Sasquatch documentary on Hulu? No, but I looked at your uh, the thumbnail for it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The, so the, 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 you put out on Insta, yeah. Yeah, so he had like a five-minute cameo in total on two different episodes about Sasquatch. There was just like this Gonzo reporter he's investigating... I, the dude, I love the way he was on the fucking documentary. And I'm like, I'm just going to email him, see what happens. Hey, <laughs> okay, yeah, apparently he likes to talk about buddy. shit. And like, yeah. I think that's the most, if to me, if you're going to try to have some sort of conversation and get to know someone or whatever, whatever frame you want to, please talk to me, <laughs> talk to someone. Yeah. Yeah. You would want to talk to people that you feel that intellectual kindred spirit with. So if you click and you're like, fuck man, I want to listen to you. I want to pick your brain a little bit. It's, I, I get maybe, hey, we're building our brand. You're trying to now get something based on our work and that upsets us. I can understand that. But to your point, if you just tweet her directly, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like introducing yeah, yourself at a bar. I'll never associate myself with that show again in public anyway because of the way that the episode I was on on Thursday went. Gotcha. Yeah, they invited me, you know, <laughs> all right, well, I'm going to finish this real quick. Do you want to hear the story of me being on that show real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. might as well. As many questions as you want about that, you know? Sure. Cool. So to me, it doesn't matter what they think because I think Lisa and I can figure out whether we want to talk to each other ourselves. And we're both grown <laughs> adults. <laughs> you would you know? hope so. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I want to leave that because I hope Tom hears that and then tells it to his friends, Mark and Richie, who are the ones that are really stepping on his dick while he tries to work more with me on stuff. God, he's hung that well. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe <laughs> he hasn't told me or showed me yet. Where is he that short? Like it's yeah, one of the we'll two. See. It's like yeah, mini me. Do you remember that from yeah. Austin Powers when he just oh, starts standing on Vern Troyer? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, Vern Troyer made a porno. Have you seen it? No. Are you serious? Oh man, yeah. You need to get on Pornhub, buddy. You're in for a treat. Dude, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I don't want to see that, but I do want to know like how much he got paid for that. You should get him on your show and ask him. Actually, I thought he passed away. Did he not die? Oh, I don't know if he did a rip. I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to do that to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I just knew he was the guy that was in Austin Powers, but yeah, I want to say he and Debo had both passed away in um like just basically iconic. What would you call those '90s, 2000 figures, like pop culture gods? Because of the roles that they played and embraced, um, yeah. And I want to say they had passed within a couple, um, couple years of each other. I might be wrong though. Let's go to Thursday show. No disrespect, <laughs> Thursday show. Yeah, so what went good. down with the well hung, with the well hung dick stepping host? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's the one that's cool, man. Is I, I don't met the other two guys, but Tom's a really cool guy. And so, uh, <clears throat> Tom on Thursday after this, like probably five days of interactions between he and I. And remember, he's mad at me, according to him. And so he sent me a link to a YouTube stream that they were doing. And it was a, a cast about poker and how it was coming back into the bars in New Jersey. It wasn't very interesting to me. But what was interesting to me was the guest choice because they had a guest on their name, Ryan. And I don't know his last name. And they had another guest who I'm in love with, you know, but I love everyone. 
and her name's Heather Butts, and she's a late, she's a black lady scientist. And the only reason I say that is because I think that it informed the way that the other guests behaved towards her. And I say that because he was a big, well-built white man. And he spent a lot of time that talking to her about the fact that she couldn't understand the degree that she attained, in my opinion, because he was telling her why she didn't know how COVID worked as well as him. And she was trying to very nicely explain to him that she had two degrees and had gone to school for a long time to make sure that she did. And then she now has a career dealing with it. And he doesn't because he's a bar owner maybe or something. I don't know. Uh, but he also spent a lot of his time saying things that made it clear to me that he'd spent a lot of his life like resolving differences with his muscles instead of his brain and his words. Uh, and that he felt like that was something to be proud of. Huh. And so I was invited into the audience and on YouTube, unless you lock the comments, the audience is part of the fucking show. And so I just started telling Ryan every time I disagreed with him exactly what it was that I disagreed about. And I did that probably a hundred or 200 or 300 times over the course of an hour. That's a pretty big span, dude. So, and, and here's, cause if you go from 100 over the course of an hour, 60 minutes, you're looking at two comments a minute. <laughs> if yeah. we take it to 300, it was, probably, it was probably, it was probably more than that. That's what I'm saying. So now if we take it to 300 comments, 60 minutes, you're looking at five comments a minute. Now I was typing constantly. I'll say that. Yeah. So five sixty divided by five, twelve seconds. Every twelve seconds, my oof, name was saying something to him directly. Yep. Wow, dude. I mean, and just knowing you a little bit when we spoke, I forget when first time we Facetime was a couple of days ago, just to check in, and then now, like you're fucking on warp speed, right? Your mind's just on warp speed, yeah. and if your fingers are typing the way you're thinking, thinks as quickly as me. Yeah. No, yeah, and I, it's I it's, it's tough to keep up with. It really is like, right. It's a sprint. It's an intellectual sprint. So I wonder, damn, that's interesting. I didn't know that was a YouTube thing. I'm thinking to myself, dude, if I fucking got a text message every 12 seconds, I'd go fucking nuts. <laughs> you know what happened here? And I wasn't trying to be a dick to Ryan. He said nice things too. And when he said a nice thing that I thought was good, I said something about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I didn't think that. You but know? that's that's just I guess I'm just trying to put I into perspective. Audience to misunderstand me because people misunderstand me a lot, Sean. Oh, uh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. So then I'm assuming the twelve every twelve second message on the short end, every minute message on the long end. Yeah. He, it it was distracting towards him. Well, here's the thing: is that he if he had read even one of them and thought about it, I don't think I, I would have had to keep going because he would have thought about it and then he would have probably changed what he was doing if he thought I might be right. But I don't think it's built into him to think I might be right because all I was doing is trying all the different ways I could think of to let him see what I saw when I looked at him, and it wasn't great. Huh. At one point, he threatened to kick his son in the face. And I don't think it meant that he meant it. It was just kind of like one of those off the cuff things you say to your kids when you want them to behave better. And in his world, that's the, what he chose to use. Gotcha. That, that kind of fella. You might have met him at construction sites. I worked in construction for six years. Gotcha. No, I never worked yeah. construction. Maybe, maybe if he was a prep cook, I was a restaurant guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I worked in restaurants too. I've done almost everything I can think of. Gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> sometimes those line cooks, like, even if you fuck up an order, you're not going back and asking them to like make it medium rare. Yeah. You're, you're just, just trying to fucking tell the customer to deal with it. Yep. <laughs> exactly. You're like, dude, I'll just buy a dessert if you eat this steak. Yeah. Yeah, Cause it'll fucking rip my head off. 
weekend. I'd rather not talk to Mikey again. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. that. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know, man. I don't cotton to that shit. And there's a subsection of men that made my life miserable for a lot of it. And I don't like how they treated me. And I think they treated me the way that they did because they were bigger than me. Oh. And when I started using what I was built with that was big, which was my inte- intelligence, yeah, against what they were built with that was big, they decided to end the conversation their way. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's your size? I feel like we're, so I'm 5'10". I, I'm up to about a buck 70, but most of my life I'm like, I think when I was in the military, man, I actually went into basic at like 130. Like I was, I've been fucking rail thin pretty much my whole life. So, so I'm 6'3", at a buck 40. 6'3", 140? Yep. Yeah. So that's the worst. Cause like you're on the eye plane of all the muscle bound dudes. <laughs> <laughs> It's not for lack of trying, homie, but it's just the way my body feels yeah, like it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's, that's interesting. Cause I've thought a lot about, about my personality and how I respond to situations. And mm-hmm. I've always tried to have humor or indifference as like my, my out. When I feel shit's escalating, I'll, I'll put on some self-deprecating humor Cause I'll be like, fuck it, man. You win before you kick my ass. Right. Yeah. I'm a bitch. You got me. And it's like, cause yeah, 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 yeah. because dude, you're like, you got me by fucking 50 pounds. Like I, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't take jujitsu. Right. Like I'm not trained in the martial arts. The thing I've always done is use my brain to allow people to have the outs if they want and avoid a physical fight. Because I'll say that to people too, even though I think I'm smarter than them, I'll tell them I'm the stupidest guy in the room. And I'll tell them that I can't be less interesting or less right. I don't care. I don't have any ego. <clears throat> and so some guys just want to beat me up because of either the way I look or something. I don't know. Yeah. So they do it, you know, and I can't stop them. Yeah, that happened. It, it happens. I think it's because we're probably similar in the fact that when we're saying shit or interacting with people, it's offensive and I've never figured out why it's, it's got it for me. I've always thought like, it's my tone. Like I have a fucked up tone. I'm very blunt about the way I say things or communicate and I don't mean to be offensive. Yeah. But I also, I'm also terrible at small talk. Like I'll fucking walk into a room and like, I don't care what went on the weekend. It's not that I don't care about you. Hashtag disagree. You and I small talks great. The first time we met. Uh, okay. Well, I, I guess just in maybe in general, um, but People are really smart about the things that matter to them. And when the things that don't matter to certain people come up, they don't want to hear about it. And I think that what you're experiencing is closed mindedness, intentional closed mindedness. Hmm. Yeah. Or subconscious closed mindedness. I don't know how you'd want to phrase it. Sometimes I look at it as elitist where I'm like, there's, you got your social group, you got your circle that you're concerned with. And if I'm coming into a situation and you're not, and I'm not a part of it, it can be, you look at it like, all right, man, well, I'm not going to like figure out some way to interact in these social dynamics to find my niche. Like if we got to get some shit done, like get some shit done. And I'm talking primarily about work stuff. I'm not like, um, like at a barbecue type stuff. That's, that's where I tend to, uh, I don't look at those situations as different though. I've noticed a lot of other people in the world tend to put these like fences around things. Huh? And they like put boundaries up where it's like, okay, this is how I act at work. And this is how I act at home. This is how I act with my kids. Here's how I act with my friends. Here's how I act with my girlfriend. Oh, 
See, the fences I put around it are primarily based around time. So like if I go in and in my head, I'm like, dude, this is going to take like 15 minutes to figure out. We got 20. I can't spend 10 minutes talking about what the fuck you're going to do over spring break. Like, let's get oh, down to business. Yeah. Do you know and what I'm saying? How long you have to build into your conversations to wait for other people to understand what you tell them? <laughs> I don't. Actually, I don't know if I do that. But that's, You do. Maybe. Watch yourself for a while, man. I, you did it. You, you tried to do it to me the first time we talked, and I let you know immediately it wasn't necessary with me. With what? The way that you behaved and the way that you were trying to tell me things. Yeah, I have a reputation in certain circles as a mansplainer that I'm doing some work to undo because I, I was by accident. <laughs> so people who were at least as smart as me, and I wasn't used to it, you know? Gotcha, the mansplainer. Yeah, I just yeah, had- I don't smarter than anyone else and i don't think anyone's dumber than me what i think is that everyone in the world's a genius at what they're a genius at and sometimes the venn diagram is far enough apart that it looks like they don't understand the world the way you do that's a good way to look at it i think i'd agree with that because everyone does have strengths man i see that yeah. with teaching all the time and we i don't know we're we're drifting up but i don't know if it's terrible to drift but i see no, that I'm so with like back. don't worry i have a plan oh thank god you do um yeah so like with special education <laughs> You know, I um, so I'm a I'm a, a reading You're specialist. Sean, I'm a reading specialist, and like my I job, love that. words my, are very important. Yeah, well, words, expression, like it's funny how much yeah. of reading actually involves writing because you demonstrate or speaking because you demonstrate comprehension through vocalization or through written expression. They're really two to three separate acts, but. It, it's a struggle for parents. They'll be like, my kid doesn't know how to read. And I'm like, I don't know if they don't know how to read. Maybe they just don't click the right answer on a four multiple choice question. Or maybe when they're, when you ask them a question, they're answering it, but it doesn't match what you thought the answer should be. Like that yeah, happens all the time. Should look at the situation really hard and wonder if the tools being used to measure their child are inappropriate for yeah, how their dude, child... Like a hundred different things. Are they just not into Egyptian? Maybe they're into Great Britain if they have to read a history text, right? And their interest wanes. There's so many variables. But I guess my point is, I, I wish I could get to the point... I see so many kids go through emotional stress, additional classes, a little bit of social stigma. And I kind of just want to tell parents like, hey man... Maybe it's okay if your son is just like an average reader. Maybe that's yeah. like, that's okay. Why is that terrible if your kid... will be the best video game coder that's ever existed. And I can't do that for shit, but I can learn to produce music in six months. Yeah. Maybe people are good at different shit and they're geniuses in the areas that make sense yeah. to them and they're passionate about. Exactly, man. But the, there's this weird report card metric where I think there's a little bit of parental guilt where they feel if they're not doing enough for their kid to get them to be the best... And you're like, man, let, like, let's pump the brakes with the expectations of constantly trying to make your kid reach a certain level and let's recalibrate and say, Hey man, it's dude, if it takes you two minutes to read a sixth grade book per page, two minutes a page and Sammy over there does it in a minute, I, that like, why, why is that an issue? <laughs> why are we even speaking about that right now? What, what is your producible that you want to see done? How's that hurting you? Yes. Right. Um, so it's, that's interesting. I do. The more I work with kids, especially the kids who get referred to to be like, hey, is there a reading issue? And, you know, you spend 25, 30 minutes to like talk to them. You can understand their reading skills within like two, three minutes. But to get to the why of this thing is a concern is what the other 15, 20 minutes of conversation is. And I, I do wish it would just be like, man, your kid's awesome at like being social. 
embrace that <laughs> instead of worrying about him summarizing the complete proper way. I agree with you, man. And I'm going to lose track of all the stuff I wanted to tell you if we don't move back to what I was saying soon, but I'm happy to do it your way because it's your show. Thursday show? Are you still there on Thursday show or wh- where? What a lot of other stuff. Okay, go. We're talking about a lot, my man. Yeah. Big Any- ideas too, and they're important. Anywhere you want to go, man. Yeah. And I wasn't trying to be mean. I just wanted to let you know that like, I was kind of moving in too big of a different direction for me to get back to it. No, unless you, you reminded me very specifically. No, no, no. It, it, maybe this will be another one too. So I'll like take little notes and shit, but I also get interested in your honest story. And in my mind, I do like these plot points and it's like, okay, I, Oh, no, took I a little sign. Right? No like yeah. Yeah. And I always wonder, I've never tracked it, but I should one day go to be like, how many side roads trails do I get on before I completely forget what the original destination was meant to be that got you like all sidetracked I don't usually forget but I what happens is that there's too many stations if we sat down and we wrote down all the things I was thinking about that occurred we'd have way too big of a book to publish you know same with you (laughs) maybe mine would be a picture book it'd be a pop-out picture book though (laughs) you're just too self-deprecating i think you're (laughs) career and i'm sitting here just trying to figure it out at 37 you know yeah i think i don't know visuals i'm big on visuals me too man i'm a very visual learner if i intentionally remember something after i look at it and i intentionally look at it to remember it it's never going away yeah i need faces to remember names so anyway the show I was on the show and it was with that lady and I remember that I referred to her as the black lady scientist, which could come across offensively. And I I wanted to touch on that again before anybody canceled me or roasted me too hard or had the chance to speak to me about it in person. And the reason that I said that I said that is because the person that I was thinking about interacting with her, I think used those facts to feel justified in speaking to her the way that they did. Gotcha. And I don't think they did it consciously. I think that white men specifically have made it their business to make the rest of the world feel like they need that space for their thoughts where no, there's no room for anyone else's. And once the white man has spoken, the rest of the world can figure out. And I say this as a white man, since we're not doing this on cameras for your show. That's and you're a white man too, so I don't think you're going to beat me up, but you might. I, well, I do identify as Caucasian. Yes, continue. Yeah. And I don't know if identifying as something even needs to be a thing, but that's just my opinion. We're just all humans that live together on the earth and we should just treat each other well. But anyway, I digress. I'm tired of seeing that happen. And I have two children who are going to grow up in a world that is difficult for them, that it doesn't necessarily have to be in ways that they wouldn't have to deal with if other people hadn't allowed white men and specifically, but anyone who feels like they have the right to have power and someone doesn't say something to treat them. And so I don't like that. And I've finally decided to start telling the truth about that. And so what happened on the show is that they invited me into the audience and Tom did. It's his show. And he sent me a text five minutes before the show started. I was sitting down to produce some music, but I decided I'd rather do that because it seemed like Tom wanted my help with something. Even though he didn't seem to want to help me very much. And that's fine. I don't need anything back from people. I just want to help him. And so then... Ryan started talking and I noticed how wonderfully intelligent and gracefully or graceful Heather was behaving and how graciously she was trying to explain to this guy how, how stupid he was being. And then every time Ryan spoke, I decided to say something. So I said nice things to Heather when she spoke because I thought I didn't really think anything bad about what she said. When I say nice and bad, those are just dumb value judgments. 
I said things to people and they took them ways. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a pretty good point. Yeah. Cause your intention yeah. when you're typing doesn't, if it doesn't match the reception, then your intention mattered not to that person. Well, I don't have an intention other than to get what I think out there. Gotcha. And so then it's up to them to do a, something with it. Okay. If they want to do or not, like I do sometimes. I don't make my feelings the world's problem if I can avoid it. So, and they're huge. I have huge feelings about everything that ever happens. Sometimes I feel so unhappy that I could like almost, I can barely understand the world. And sometimes I'm so happy that I feel the same for different reasons, you know, but I don't make that anyone's problem unless I think it'll be helpful for them or unless they ask me directly. And then I usually get punished for answering honestly. (laughs) If you want to see a three hour example of that, homie, click the link I sent you right before the show started airing, because that's the episode I'm talking about. So after an hour and a half of me from everyone else's perspective, heckling Tom's guests, Tom decided to invite me into the show. Can I pause you? And I'm sorry, man, just for context, because I've never seen a YouTube um, live. I don't even know the name of it. What what is the actual YouTube live stream? How many people are in this audience just so I can get an understanding of like comments coming in along with yours? Well, Tom would have you believe that his audience was huge and mighty before I showed up Uh and that it dwindled to a bare fraction of what he can usually expect for his amazing content without me attached to it. Um, so I don't know the number. Uh, okay. So then the theory goes, because you were commenting so much, you suck the air out of all the other audiences ability to comment, which would maintain their audience, maintain their eyes. And, and so what I'll tell you is my experience with Tom's audiences. And it's that initially he didn't have one worth for live events. And that was a week ago when I met him or seven to or 10 days, whatever the case may be. Because I was the first one along with like five other people. I think he was telling me he had like 50 usually. But okay. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't look at his analytics. I don't give a shit. Gotcha, gotcha. But to- I, know, I think that is because the first time I watched him, I interacted with one other guy that I saw. The second time that I watched him and I didn't bug his guest to be on my show, there was like three other guys I interacted with. But I'm not saying I had anything to do with this. I'm just telling you how it looks like things have happened from my perspective. Yeah, okay. And is so it then when similar to happened? He asked me to join it five minutes ahead of time, and there was a lot of people there, and it was people that Tom knew. They were friends of his, but I'm guessing they were people that maybe he hadn't asked or had in his audience on every show, and it was people that he maybe had been like, yo, I think this is actually going to be a pretty good episode. I'm going to ask this one guy I know to be in the audience and see if that helps. <clears throat> That's my suspicion. I don't think he texts everyone, but he might. He's very thoughtful. I don't know. He won't talk to me very much, and he won't answer questions honestly to me a lot of the time. So uh, from my perspective, I went to one episode, didn't have much of an audience, went to another one, had a better audience, but also like he probably has different kinds of audiences all the time, and I don't watch everything he does. So on this episode, he invited me. I was in the audience. There was an enormous amount of engagement from a number of people. And then when I was invited onto the show, there was like people who – I think typically don't watch the show watching it from the audience. But the only ones I heard from were the people that were in the audience that were people who liked the way Tom ran the show and didn't like the fact that I disagreed with Tom about certain things that Tom was telling me about myself. So then the poker show with COVID, you made the comments, then you get invited onto that show or that turns into like the second show that you come on to. And then there's carryover and people are talking to you about how you are. I don't think they had a show. 
they were talking about how you can safely open bars in New Jersey. And it sounded like somewhat like a brainstorming session at a failing business to me. <laughs> John Tappers secretly yeah, streaming from yeah, his burner account. Yeah, just hoping yeah, he's like, yeah. great season 10 first episode yeah. right here. Exactly. And they're all talking about like, fuck guys. I don't know. Maybe we could put on masks and sit next to each other. I don't know if we social distance, maybe blah, blah, blah. But Heather's sitting there like, listen, COVID still exists and there's a shitload of variants. That doesn't mean it's over. The vaccinations doesn't mean we're done. Let's stop game planning how we're going to have a $20 poker night. Why don't we sit tight for another six months? And Ryan busily told her why she was too dumb to understand her two degrees that she went to school for. Uh, Okay. So I disagreed with a lot of what Ryan said, and I agreed with quite a bit of what Heather said. My thumbs were very busy because I was outside smoking on the porch and kind of thinking about other stuff and like talking to friends on the phone and stuff while I did this too. (laughs) You know? Okay. Bloodborne. I played Bloodborne for a while while I did this because like I love that game. Definitely. I have zero gaming reference, um, even connecting with kids on it. Um, I got nothing for you on Bloodborne. As far as like the in-depth, the action. How old are you? 40. 40 this summer. I'm 37, so you should get into shit. It's never too late, buddy. <laughs> I don't know if I want to get into shit, man, to be honest with you. Well, you're, I don't... you're deeply passionate about other shit that I probably don't even know about, so that's okay. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's it, or I just... I don't know. I like to sleep. Maybe, maybe when I get that time, I like to sleep. <laughs> I <hate> sleep. <laughs> right. So then w- with the episode, with you coming on as a guest, it, during that three hour period, you go from audience and they're just like, fuck man, you're saying too much. Why don't you come on here and speak your mind kind of a thing? Hated me except for the, the people that thought a little like were more open-minded like me. Okay. I think I'm the most open-minded person that I know. And I'll, I won't fight anyone because I don't fight anyone. I never argue. I just don't agree with people a lot of the time. Okay. You can come have your side of an argument with me about it if you want to, though, and maybe you'll think a little more open-mindedly when you're done. And I'm not talking to you, Sean. I'm talking to your audience. I kind of am my audience. I just play this alone in a room with many mirrors. Oh, uh, and like masturbate. No, I'm just no. <laughs> God, do you know how terrible that would be? Like if you had some sort of sexual attraction to your own... <laughs> yeah, what do you think I did all day, all day yesterday? I hope not. I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. <laughs> That's a lot of training. If you're trying to go for that three hours, actually, maybe maybe that could be a market I could get into. Like, yeah, ASMR. ASMR, man, it's a big deal these days. Somebody had told I hadn't fucking heard about that. Um, it was oh fuck, it's why I love talking to people. I want to say it was I mean, Olivia. Like real quick, because I'm almost at the end. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's okay. So then I spent three hours or so or however long it took trying to convince these people that, well, all they were doing was asking me questions, getting mad at me about the responses, and then telling me about why I was wrong for feeling a certain way or thinking the way I did. And so I tried a bunch of different experiments for a few hours to, like, see if I could change some minds different ways, like, specific to the people that were being bitches to me. (laughs) You know? Like, there's this one guy, Jeff, that I really had a good time talking to because I responded to every single comment from the chat like directly to that person while I was also talking to Tom and his guest and learning how to use this fucking poker app. They insisted Tom made it look like he was doing me this big favor to let me play poker with them. He made me pay him 10 bucks for the pleasure of being on his show. And then I gave him the best episode he's probably ever had. And I'm not saying that to be arrogant or smug. I just know that he, the way he behaved, let me know that because he kept on not kicking me off. Uh, Okay. You know, 
And he really had a few good reasons to in his head, I think. And I think he was worried that his bosses were going to be angry with him because of how the episode went, because I talked about them with him on the air in front of his audience and told them that Lisa Lampanelli can manage her own motherfucking time. I forgot about Lisa Lampanelli. <laughs> don't worry about it, man. This is all connected, and I'm going to make it sure that we don't go off the rails, okay? Because <laughs> I know you know more about me, but this is on my mind because my my kids and I watched that episode before. Yeah, that was the thing for making an entire thing on time. Yeah, yeah, no, and man, good. But it was a way for them to learn who who and how their dad really is very effectively, and see how I reacted to an audience disagreeing with that idea. See, that's hard for me. I'm assuming the reactions are just in the comments, right? Like, did you say the guy's name was Jeff, the one you were responding to in the comments? Well, there was Jeff and there was Polly Chaser and there was another guy named Dead Money something. And there was a woman named Amanda that didn't like me and a woman named Nicole that didn't at first, but then changed her mind. And there was another woman named Lucy that immediately liked what I had to say, even during the YouTube comments section where I was in the audience with her. It's interesting that like, I, maybe, and that's Heather even the point. Me. And maybe, Heather loved me. The other guest was like a huge fan. Right. I'm just talking about trying to change people's minds through social media, man. Like sometimes I had this uh, lady on who ran for a Senate, Lauren Witzke in Delaware. Uh, I don't want to think trying to change people's minds. I thought that's what you said. You were trying to like convince them. They were asking me to. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. All and right. then they weren't listening to my answers. And the thing I was trying to change their mind about was me. Got and it. they just, isn't that fucking hilarious? <laughs> that is, that's like when someone tells you, you're like, nah, dude, I'm so, I'm tired. And they're like, no, you're upset about something. It's like, I just fucking told you what I am, man. I'm tired. It's that simple. Yeah, like, all right. but you tell me about me. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell me about me. Okay. All right. Yeah. Then that was different than what I'm saying. So if they're asking you about shit, then yeah, I get the response part. All right. Here's the thing, man. I had a plan that evening to play some music and some video games and build a song that I had in my head. And what I ended up doing to me was a favor for Tom, and he got mad at me for how I was doing it a couple times, but he dialed it in immediately because he realized what was happening. Okay. But his audience is not as open-minded as Tom is. Hmm. And so then his audience spent a long time trying to convince me about why I was wrong to spend my evening doing Tom a favor and explain about myself to them. That's why I was so excited to do this with you tonight because I knew I'd get to say the same sort of stuff but in a much more receptive environment without getting yelled at every 30 seconds. So I had to keep on like diverting my train of thought real quick and then everybody else couldn't keep up with me. Gotcha. Huh. Yeah, I've never, I feel like that's, <laughs> I'm picturing like the Kung Fu dude in the center of the circle or like Bruce Lee in the back alley when like the 12 dudes are coming at him and you're just like in that flow state deflecting shit. Man, that's exactly how I felt. Right? Like that, yeah. I could see that man with that, the way you're describing it, trying to juggle um, so many points, conversations and thoughts. Will you listen to the link I sent you now that I told you everything I just did? Possibly. I don't know if I could do six hours on that. But it's not all six hours of me. The for first like hour and a half is just the comments part where I, you'll see my comment, my name coming up like every couple seconds on the screen with a new comment about Ryan or Heather or gotcha. Tom, positive and negative, whatever I thought. Gotcha, gotcha, and gotcha. What the audience members thought about me saying that. And then the next hour and a half is me on the show. And then the final three hours is them trying to figure out what the fuck they're doing with the rest of their night on the camera for some reason. 
And there's about a five minute after I left the show on my terms, even though Tom thinks he kicked me off. And, uh, there's about a five minute window where they had no idea what the fuck was even happening. And then that Heather lady was like, I don't fucking know. I guess, uh, maybe another guest from the audience wants to come on. And then a couple of them did. And they did a little thing where like one lady named Amanda was amazing. And she like quoted, uh, the outsiders. Oh dude. Are you saying that? Are you saying that? Cause your Twitter stalking me? No, I'm telling you, you can go watch the VOD if you want. I sent you a link to it. You dickhead. Dude. dude so my goal um, I, I'm on a five-day crusade. I'm tweeting at Essie Hinton every day to get her to come on my pod. She's a fucking oh. great follow. She's a great follow on Twitter. She's so, right now while we're talking. She's so sassy. Um, I love it. I didn't know that because I never read The Outsiders, but when Amanda like quoted it at the camera, I was like... Do you remember what I've she been, quoted? I've been sleeping on some shit. Yeah, the part where... Uh, the, the thing that led up to the Stay Golden Pony Boy quote. Okay. Yeah, but all the Pony Boys shit right before that. The parts where he was describing about why his life wasn't sad, but it was happy. And I identified with that so hard and it made me cry a little bit. Have you, you really have not read The Outsiders? You're right. And I'm going to now because of that. Wow. Yeah, I feel like, and maybe it's just because in our school, it was like part of, part of the curriculum. What's her at? Uh, Getting without the G to know you. Yeah. Without the G though. Got it. Yeah. To know you, Bob. You don't, you don't have to mansplain to me, homie. I wasn't sure if it uh came through with the Zoom lag. It was less of a mansplain, more of a Zoom lag. I'm just kidding, man. But it didn't show up when I searched for that. Yeah. Is it like, do you have to use the number two? Yeah. You have to Getting okay, the so number two. is modeled after it. No, the letter U pod. Yeah. Although I guess Twitter, you can only have 15 characters in your handle. Maybe that's Heading to know you and it's spelled like your pod. Yep. Can I ask you a quick question with my camera? I can, can you read that? I could not. I'll send you a screenshot on Instagram and you can look at it whenever you have time. Okay. Because I want to connect with her and this way you'll remember. You know what I mean? And I don't want to make your show about this, but I'm so interested in what you said that it's that important to me to get it resolved in my head before I move on to the next thing. Get what resolves? Get Essie Hinton on this show? <laughs> Yeah, eventually, but just to follow her and see why you think what you do about her. Oh, dude, she fucking retweets everything. And that's why I'm like, dude, you're so interactive with your audience and you keep ignoring me. I just want to be your friend. But like, I'm so unworthy of her presence at the same time. If she agrees to be on my show, then we can talk about why you should be her next. (laughs) That'd be awesome. Because I'll probably fucking bother her to be on mine too now that I know what you just said. There she is. Yeah, I don't know. Her at SE for real Hinton. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were asking me about mine. No, I know what yours is. I follow you. Okay, yeah, dude. Yeah, her. SE4, real hint. I'm sorry. You're fine. She only she only follows 108 people. That's amazing. Um, I'm going to tell her something real quick on your show. Do you mind if I do that while you've asked me your next question for me to get to know me? A live tweet. Okay. A, li- a live tweet in stale time <laughs> when it posts yeah. a month later. I'm curious, man, with your multifaceted brain, um, you said you'd only been at this stuff for almost like what, like a month or so now. What made you want to get into social media, get into the whole platform content creation? What was going on? I got laid off last November Mm. and I was fine with the job I had because I could just pursue my own interests the way I was and be as unhappy as I wanted to while I drank alcohol. 
Oh, shit. I had enough money to do whatever I wanted at the time, and I was probably going to kill myself eventually that way, whether it was slow or fast. And then I got laid off, and I had to figure out something else to do because I didn't want to be homeless again. What was the job? I was a project coordinator for a subcontractor or a contractor who was subcontracted to the Army Corps of Engineers, who was in turn subcontracted to the EPA to work on a project in Pueblo. And I ran that project for them essentially for three months. And then I ran it for a further two years or three years. Once they got me the help, they promised me when they hired me. And I did everything alone that I was supposed to do with help for three months. And then they got rid of me as soon as they had cheaper help that I helped train. Oh, that's the fucking worst. That's one of those like corporations wonder why people don't take other people under their wings. And it's like, yeah, thanks a lot. Aptim. I'll never work for you again. And I'm going to talk shit about you now. If people ask me about you and this is the unintended consequence of your actions, I'm going to at you with this when it's out. <laughs> I hadn't heard of that corporation. Are they, what, what's their, is it like Colorado based or? They're contracting. They do multinational stuff. They do contracting for a lot of people, governments and private. Gotcha. And what was the project? Were you like building a dam? What are you doing? No, we were remediating a lead problem because of a smelter that used to exist in Pueblo. What's a smelter? Something that melts metal? Yeah, where they turn, well, in this case, they were trying to refine tin. Okay. And then it leaches into the ground or some shit, fucks up an aquifer, and then everyone gets cancer. Not in this case. What happened was that there was a lot of runoff that they put in slag piles. And then the slag piles got used as fill for people's yards because it was free dirt. And the dust from it went into people's homes. And long-term exposure to lead dust and arsenic, which was the other byproduct of this process. Um, well, lead, it like retards, and I hate using that word because of the way that the world has decided it, it is. But what it does is it retards nervous system development right so if it's inborn in you because it's in the drinking water and the breast milk you're getting and the in vitro nutrients that you're getting you just don't have as good of a brain as you could have if you were ingesting it that way yeah right it just um yeah because that's lead paint disclosure i don't know if that's just a delaware thing uh, but like if you're selling a home that's one of the things during the homeowner's disclosure that you have to say do you know did you willingly have this home built with lead paint kind of a thing Dude, that's fucking scary to think about. I had not thought about um, having contaminants be put in dirt and then that dirt being shipped off, not just to like that specific area or the radius of leaking, but to be taken wherever. And the fact that it's free, right? Like that's, oh, that's terrible. Yeah. And I'm listening to you. Don't worry, man. I'm looking away from you while I do that tweet, but I'm just like thinking about what you're saying so I can respond to your next question. I'm kind of just thinking out loud as well. I hadn't um consider I just hadn't considered contaminating that way from a corporate level. Um, yeah. Well, and it was a company that did it back in 1880. You know. God. So we were just getting around to fixing it because human health isn't a big deal in America because money's more important. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, what exactly, homie? What was so then? What led? It was just now they had somebody to. I don't even know what a project coordinator does. You just make sure people show up on time and like build no. shit or what? What does the what do those words mean to you? Project coordinator. Yep. Someone tells you to get something done, and now you got to find the people to make sure those things get done. 
Listen, though, what does the word mean? Project. It, you're working on something. Well, I think you're putting it in the context of the project that I told you about, and I'm asking you what the word means. I, I don't know the Webster's definition. If you ask me what the definition of project no, means. I'm you for your definition of it because of the that's word. What, that's what means I'm saying. Both of us. That's what I'm saying. Project is something you're working on. Exactly. Thank you. That's why. And a coordinator is what? You're organizing how that work's going. Right. So that's what I did. Yeah, but and I, I was a I was a, I was a babysitter for grown adult men. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> and I was and I was a babysitter for a lot of upset homeowners that lived in the project area because it was a residential project where we had to dig up people's yards and leave it a foot down or two feet down for variable length of time and then replace their forty five year old landscaping. Got you. Okay. Gotcha. So it was a, I was coordinating all of that. Gotcha. And I didn't mean to be a dick. I just feel like you were thinking I was trying to be clever and I was just trying to think, find out something about how you thought so I could answer your question correctly. No, no, no. I, dude, I, I, you, what you described as a grown man babysitter is exactly what I thought a project coordinator would be, which would drive me <laughs> fucking insane. I'm serious. Like that, that's where I was like trying to understand. I, I've never been a project coordinator in our school, they implemented a new curriculum and I'm kind of this person who like goes to all these meetings but has no authority and they're like, just help them to understand, coach them. And like my mind doesn't work like that. My mind works like if you want me to do something a specific way, then tell me I have to do it that specific way. But if you give me this illusion of choice, you can't be mad at me if I make the wrong choice. And I'm very black right. and white with like authority. I'm sorry. Are you my boss? Yes. Okay. Am I doing okay? Yes. Fuck off. I don't care about what you think since you're not the person I answer to. And I was in this weird role of like trying to help something get implemented without being any sort of an authority figure. And it was very, it was the first time I'd experienced in my life. It was very frustrating to me because I didn't know how to make it work. And that's what I thought of when you're talking about project coordinator. I'm like, dude, I'd go fucking nuts trying to make sure I could get five people to do this thing in this timeline. And now I'm like speaking to the other, I don't know what they were called, investors or other buy-in, uh, people, stakeholders, people who care about this. And yeah, like the trying people to, that thought you were right enough to work on it with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that, would, that would drive me nuts too, man. Um, yeah. And I was a, I was a fucking replaceable in their heads, um, disposable cog at that company because of the country we live in. Because you just, and a, system, and a system of like value that we have decided to all agree to for some fucking reason. No, yeah, but why are you replace in their eyes? Why are you replaceable? Cause all you do is hire people and like dig holes. No, 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 no. I trained three other people to do everything I was doing alone. Yeah, but I, so I want to get an understanding of what those things were. Like you had to hire crews in order to dig? Well, how long do you have? Uh, we'll see how long it takes. You really want to talk about this for the rest of the episode? Uh, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just like every single day I did so much. I worked as hard on that job as I work on everything I'm doing now. And I that's easier. That's how I'll do it. I don't care about that anymore. That's why I don't want to do this, but I'll tell you what I've done in the last month. And then I did as hard of work for them as I've done for myself now. And I don't have to worry about getting fired now. And that's why I'm so happy now. And I was so miserable that makes sense. So I learned how to build a website and built mine. I learned how to use social media and created all of my platforms and made sure they were branded correctly. 
I started my show and I'm ready to launch tomorrow. That's my plan. I started my music production career and I learned how to launch myself onto things like Spotify and Tidal Music. I created the branding for that. I got in touch with all the digital artists that are creating all the art for me. I created a Discord server that is now a thriving community a few weeks in. Um, and now I have followers on all my social platforms up in the at least double digits near the hundreds. And I'm looking for triples this weekend, probably today. There's going to be a day in the next week, I suspect, but it could be in the next two or three where suddenly something I say or do becomes everyone in the world's business. Hmm. And I worked as hard as I could at that the same way I did for them. And in one case, I'm very happy and I feel rewarded by myself for what I did. And in the other case, they used me up until they didn't need me. And then they got rid of me. That's and they didn't care what happened to me because I might be homeless in a few months because if someone doesn't pay me for what I'm doing and all the help I'm giving other people right now, then I'm going to live on the street or probably not. I'll probably do other shit. There's a COVID relief bill for you somewhere, somewhere in the 1.9 trillion. There's like two grand with your name on it. Don't worry. I don't care about that. Money is the most stupid idea in the world. But because what, money that, is the way that the rest of us have all agreed for me to assign value to you and vice versa instead of the intrinsic value that you possess. I'm just talking about the homeless part. Like, isn't money the thing that keeps you from being homeless? No. No? Yeah, because other people own homes and they might let me live in them. But maybe not if I don't have money. Uh, well, then, yeah. So then it is money. <laughs> nope. It's their decision that I don't have value without it. Uh, huh. Because you don't do dishes, you always leave the toilet unflushed. Is that why you don't have value without money? <laughs> you don't fold the laundry. You want it to, if I can help you to, because I did that with mine, and that's why my studio is something you commented on. What do you mean? You said something about my microphone, and I have my house the way I want it now, and that's why I hate to be homeless. It's not because I, I like don't want to don't want to live on the street and be cold. I just don't want to have to do all the hard work I did to get my space the right way to be creative and work hard. You got, you got. I'll be set back by months on all the things that I think are so important to work on now. And what are some of those things? Like, do you, do you prioritize or do you just kind of have everything on the same level? Both. Isn't that impossible? For you, it might be. <laughs> I hope I don't sound like a dick, but there's these books. That a guy called Neil Asher. <laughs> thinking like in absolutes aren't they like completely aren't they completely contrary how can you how can you prioritize everything being on the same level like i'm like isn't it doesn't it have to be one or the other i can love everyone in the world <laughs> i'm sorry what were the books that allow me to get to that zen-like state <laughs> yeah Neil Asher writes books about artificial intelligence, among many other things. And I've always identified with them along with Rick from Rick and Morty. Okay. Because they seem to spend so much of their time trying to figure out how not to be bored by the other humans they have to interact with. And how to interact with them on the right, in the, in the right way and on the right level so that they don't like revoke the wrong reaction. Okay. And I've just been iterating that for 37 years and I'm starting to get a lot more success. Gosh, yeah. And what are some of your goals with all these platforms, with all this content creation? Justice for the people in the world that feel marginalized. Oh. 
And do you have an idea of what justice would be? Yeah, it would be them not having to feel like they need to change themselves to suit the world like I've always felt like I needed to do. Because I don't feel like that anymore. And I don't use alcohol to try and make myself the right way for the world anymore. I just be myself to the world and I won't drink ever again. That's Not that I have any judgment in my heart for people that drink. I just can't do it the right way because I was using alcohol as a tool to try and fix myself when there was nothing broken. What got you into drinking? Myself, trying to change myself to fit in the world because the people that I knew that I trusted when I was young didn't believe that I could be right about things they were strongly feeling about. And I felt differently. So you drank to what? Try and fit in and make myself understand how they saw the world since I couldn't manage it. Uh, and how young are we talking about? When I drank? Yeah, when you started. That's when it's legal. Okay. I just did drugs before that. Because <laughs> those are... <laughs> well, legal. they're illegal, and I think it's stupid that alcohol is legal and other things aren't. Yeah, man, they're doing that in Delaware now, and I um, they're trying to pass legalized marijuana. And um, We have legal weed in Colorado, and mushrooms are right around the corner for recreational use because everyone's realizing how valuable all the tools that are made of chemicals are in the world. Yeah. And that it's spend time and money keeping people in jails for wanting to put chemicals in their chemicals. Yeah. Yeah, I don't it, – it, is it alcohol lobbyists that are preventing this from happening quickly, legalization of pot? Is it some – is happening please that's why i asked um yeah i need to stop doing that with you i'm used to having to ask that so that i don't get when people <laughs> are mad at me for what i think i can say listen i asked you if you wanted to know what i thought <laughs> yeah. let it rip man it's fine Thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> I, I do i even love the well for me it's not <laughs> yeah. yeah i love you too homie <laughs> It's like, Sean, I was like, can, fuck yeah, dude. Like, phone numbers and you can call me every day if you want to because I love talking to you so much. Okay? This is a not a one-off with us and I want you on my show soon. Is that fair? I just loved it. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. So legalization stuff. What is, um, what is keeping pot from being legalized? A bunch of guys that live in America went to Woodstock. Do you want me to expand on that? It's not enough for me to understand how that stops pot from being legalized. Okay. So a bunch of guys. Well, when do you think things became illegal like drugs? I don't – I honestly don't know. I know prohibition was what, 20s, 1920-ish? It's only been 100 yeah. years since we came back with alcohol. But I know. I, I've not – aside from the Kevin Costner movie, I don't have any like prohibition – knowledge yeah sean connery so, kevin costner is it a bunch of dudes in the 60s right right when they were discovering how powerful some chemicals could be to be tools to expand your consciousness and understanding of things i think a bunch of guys <clears throat> went to woodstock that were very smart and very powerful in their brains and did those drugs with friends and had a lot of sex with women or men or whoever they wanted to and I'm speaking about men because I think it was white men specifically that did all of this. And then I think they became senators and congressmen and lawyers. And then they had children. And then they wondered how they would feel if their children went and did that stuff because they didn't keep doing that stuff and thinking about it the right way. They stopped doing it because they didn't think they could live their lives happily. 
And then they wanted to make everyone else as unhappy as they were. So then America decided that all that shit was illegal. And then the rest of the world kowtowed because at the time America was the most powerful superpower. Hmm. Why did Other that... than Amsterdam. Say again? Other than Amsterdam, where I'll live someday if America doesn't get its goddamn act in order after it hears my podcast. Amsterdam because of the legalization of psychedelics? No, they just never illegalized anything. Gotcha. You can do whatever you want there. And as soon as it's on the market, if you want to go get it and kill yourself with it, you can. And if you want to use it to assist yourself in living your life, go for it. Gotcha. And that's exactly the problem with the way that everyone in the world looks at drugs and alcohol, in my opinion. Because everything is chemicals, including you and me. And the air that you're breathing, because O2 is a chemical as soon as the two oxygen molecules molecules bond with each other. Why in your mind does this start at Woodstock? Why doesn't this start somewhere else? Where do you think it started if I'm wrong? Or not Woodstock, but just the 60s. Yeah, I, I don't. The government was using acid to try and like, as a truth serum. Yeah, right. So I've heard about that shit, like the CIA just having undercover people and throwing all these weird ass parties. And it's not truth. They were mad because what happened is they felt like telling the truth on it. But then people who they gave it to when they were being interrogated just learned to lie better and faster. And that was scary. And all the legislators remembered Woodstock and imagine their daughters fucking women. And then they decided that they were going to go ahead and not make people able to get it. And if they wanted to spend time in jail, homie. Yeah. All right. So here's where my mind went. So Reefer Madness, thanks to Sublime, um, 1936. So I guess that's why I would say I would have some issue with the timeline because if the propaganda is coming out in 36 as a movie, why would Woodstock be the tipping point? It seemed like those minds got made up way before then. What didn't exist in the 30s that did in the 60s? We've talked about it. Podcasts? No, I don't know. Massive. <laughs> Okay. Because the technology didn't exist. People have used ayahuasca and mushrooms for a long time because it was a naturally occurring version of like DMT in the case of ayahuasca, which is now chemically synthesized. And for mushrooms, they just grow on the goddamn ground. So because people are taking synthesized acid or synthesized psychedelics, they then have this realization of... That it's mass producible and everyone get their hands on it and be as smart as they felt. You do feel fucking, I mean, like people, people are the master of their universe when they're on that shit. <laughs> That's interesting. And then like, is it human nature that makes them not want to? You are always the master of your universe, my friend. And the reason that you don't feel like maybe some of your goals are being met in your life. And I do is that I choose to feel differently intentionally now because I've realized what an ineffective tool alcohol was for me to use to achieve the goal that other people use psychedelics for. The goal of what? Becoming the master of myself and making sure that I present myself to the world the way I need to. Instead of worrying about how the world needs me to present myself to it. I'm just the person I am now instead of the person I think the world should have based on the world's input. I'm an output device now. You think that just comes with age? Like you just get older and you get more confident? And wise, you learn things as you grow. Right. You're intentional about trying to become better as a person. Yeah, yeah, right. 
And why don't you think you can um, use alcohol but other chemicals to get to this place? I can't use heroin either because alcohol and heroin and methamphetamines and cocaine and a lot of other things literally physically addict your chemicals to those chemicals. And then your chemicals hate themselves after they stop having those chemicals. And they hurt until you get more of them or you go long enough. But when you take acid or molly or heroin, I'm sorry, I put the heroin in the wrong list, any of the psychedelics mostly, what do you feel like when you wake up the next day? If you've done them, I'm not trying to bust you out on your show. Yeah, I have not. You know what I mean? Like people do that stuff and I've taken them and my kids are probably listening, but that's okay. I already told them I've done that stuff in my life in case they want to try that someday and they'll know there's someone safe to talk to about it. And so I've never felt bad the next day. Huh. Unless it was because I didn't sleep for long enough. And then I just sleep some more. <laughs> Such a simple solution. Sleep. It's really easy. And I tried to fix hangovers that way. Have you ever? Oh, yeah, man. That shit, it don't, because you, you can't even sleep. The fucking dehydration yeah. that comes along Isn't with it. Bitch? Yeah. No yeah doubt. Have you tried to quit drinking after drinking alcoholically for 16 years? I... That's a rude question because I'm not like trying to get into your space that way, but I have done that. And then what I did was I couldn't sleep for about a week and I sweated too much, but I was cold and I, all I could think about was drinking more. What got you to the point of wanting to quit? The misery that I experienced every day because of it and the need that I felt like I had for it. And it, and it blocked out every other goal of mine. Everything I did for a long time came secondary to that. So any success I had up until about three months ago when I finally quit drinking and thinking about it forever was because I was doing it on the side while I was really worried about my primary love and passion. Is it, is, was there a particular incident? Was this some sort of dream vision thing that got you to the realization? Cause I guess to me there, it's a very finite time, right? Like, it's like, Hey, I just had a glass of wine. You wake up in the morning and you're like, you're eating cereal and the Cheerios form into these letters of quit kind of a thing. Like it wasn't no, a moment like that. It was a difficult moment for me, but I don't care if the audience in the world know. Okay. Yeah. If you don't mind sharing. Yeah. I got laid off in November and I thought I had some ideas and a lot of them didn't work because I was approaching them the wrong way when I drank because I was too selfish about my life. Oh. And that's a big reason that no one's ever heard of me yet besides you and some other people that are growing every day. And the reason that I felt that way, well, anyway, it doesn't matter. So I got laid off. I felt like I didn't deserve to. And I think all the people in the room that laid me off felt that way too. But they chose to do it together without my input because they were tired of trying to deal with me like everyone else in my life feels. And so, and I was being really cognizant. I think about everyone else's feelings first and then mine second, always. And I think about everything that's ever happened to me with every person in the context of every conversation I'm in while I have it. And that's what I'm doing when I look away from you right now is I'm shuffling through all this shit that's happened to make sure I'm presenting myself to you the right way to be a good guest on your show, including my appearance on that show Thursday. That was very instructive for me. And um, what was I talking about? That happens a lot <laughs> when I do that. You know what I mean? And it makes me look absent-minded and stupid, but it's not. It's just that I have so much going on that no, I can't um, keep it straight. The quitting drinking. You got laid off. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then um, that's what happens is as soon as you say one word, typically I'll know what you're going to say sometimes. Gotcha. Or my version of it. And then when you finish, I'm almost always right. So I used to cut people off a lot because I wanted to save us about the time. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Imagine how that must feel to the other person. Fuck. <laughs> I can see it. I, I can see it in your eyes, man. Like you're you're holding it back. <laughs> I can tell when I'm setting up the questions. You're like, motherfucker, I got it. Just shut up and let me go. It's all good, no. Because you're the audience, homie. You're the audience, homie. And you're so good at this that you were good natured about what we talked about. You're gonna be great at this when you get as big as you want to be in whatever arena you have. Appreciate so, uh, it. Yeah, man. Yeah, you're great at this. You're better than me by far. I'm learning a lot right now from you too. But anyway. I got laid off and I spent some time on plants that were selfish and shitty and I approached them wrong. And then in December, I was close to like just deciding to end it because my right eye was starting to turn yellow. And I knew that it was going to be an issue of either hepatitis or jaundice or something that my liver finally had had its fill of. Can I pause for context? What What's the amount that you're drinking? Are we going through handles or are we just beers? Like give me some measurable, some metrics. As much as I could take to try and change myself the right way. So imagine feeling that you were so vastly different, you couldn't cooperate with the world and you wanted to collaborate with that, all of it. And every day you were wrong and you were me. So you kept increasing the amount of stuff that you did to yourself to try and make yourself the right way. It's too, abs- it's, it's too abstract. For 16 years. So every day for 16 years, you spent your time trying to make yourself right for other people. And you're doing that through drinking, you're saying? Yeah, so I was up to the point where I just did it as much as my body could take every day. Yeah, but what is that? Because that's different for everybody, right? Like, I understand. That's what I'm telling you. So when you quit, though, what, what's your, like, trash can like? <laughs> just full of bottles. Yeah. It was just big plastic Smirnoff bottles, if I could afford them. Or it was full of the ones that Popov or whatever thing I could oh, afford. Oh, Pop-Vop. fucking red label red and black that shit yeah man depended on my life and my circumstances and i'd add to that with whatever cocktail i thought would help the alcohol work the right way yeah did the jersey bartender ever bring up the fact that every cocktail they make is made with pop off and that and that and that kills covid no okay he should have because that would have been a great point heather tried heather tried to what Tell them that alcohol is a disinfectant for that. And so we should talk about how diseases and viruses actually grow and adapt rather than his thoughts on what alcohol brand was the best one to kill COVID. (laughs) (laughs) See, I was just saying it to be kind of stupid. He really has opinions of that without being, I fucking knew it, dude. So like he, the dude legitimately thought he was like a scientist with like, you know what, Bacardi, Ah, but tequila, Cuervo is the fucking cure. Yeah, we've met the same guy. You just didn't know his name was Ryan, and he was called Jeremy when you met him. Yeah. <laughs> Love those guys. I'm like, dude, can you show me the Petri dish of COVID you have? Let me yeah. see this experiment. Oh, the experiment sounds fascinating. <laughs> show me your lab. Yeah. <laughs> I love those dudes. I fucking love those dudes. And you can tell me you love me, and there's no weird hard feelings, but you don't ever have to if it makes you uncomfortable. I, I guess actually i guess i'm discovering too i do love all people like you i feel i feel like it's just it's a better space to be in than being angry and competitive yeah just an appreciative appreciative yeah. aspect of it Dude, one love rappers how, say that all the time and that's how i feel how much are you dropping or how much are you spending a day on the alcohol oh, as much as i can afford until i can't and then you're the most desperate you've ever felt 
until you don't need it the way I don't actually need it. Right. See, it's not metric for me. I'm still trying to wrap my head around like, I, I, maybe okay. it's not a number thing, but in my mind, I'm like, yeah, dude, I would fit up like four handles, four 1.5s. And I, I think of it because my mom's gone through some um, severe alcohol issues and I was uh, shocked. COVID with the distance that got brought in, especially early on, wasn't going to see her. know you or me. Well, I was putting up some context for it, right? Because I know, I know, I know. So when I got involved, real and personal with me, and I want you to do it on my show soon. Okay. (laughs) Well, when I got involved with her finances, I was shocked that basically her everyday pattern was she would go up to the store, she would buy one pack. The only thing on her fucking ATM on her bank statements. Two packs of cigarettes, two 1.5 bottles of 995 Chardonnay a day. And there were fucking months of that, dude, and months of it. Like no food being bought, and that was it for her. But in her mind, that didn't get her to where she wanted. I think in her mind, she didn't understand her budget. Her mind had gone that far. She didn't understand she had more money to spend. She just knew at that moment that was the routine and comfort that fit. And that's why I guess – like she needed Say again? That was all she felt like she needed or she would have spent her money differently. No, dude, that's what I'm saying. I don't think she realized. I think she thought if she spent more, she would not have it to sustain. She wanted more. She just knew she would top out because she's on a fixed income. She didn't realize what the fixed income was is what I'm getting at. But there's a clear metric. For her – for her, it was two bottles a day of 1.5. So she was drinking three gallons of warm wine a day. I was doing that with vodka some days if I could force my body to. <laughs> Fuck. How many shots is that? Like the equivalent? Oh, 1.75. Okay, so here's a good way for you to internalize that. Because this is how I measured it in my head. Is 50 milliliters is a shooter. <clears throat> okay. There's 15 shooters in a 750 milliliter. Okay. And there are three 750 milliliters and a 1.5. Oh, I'm sorry. Two. Two, yeah, because it would be double. Three no. shots. God. Could you imagine and I taking Every day, if I could afford it, and my body could, or more, because I was never right. What was the impact? And you were still able to function on this level, like, in your job? Yeah, I didn't do it at work. I'm too smart. I won't do it on the way to work because I might get pulled over and then I can't work on the important stuff in my life that I had to spend all my bullshit time at work doing stuff for. You're condensing that into the evening when you get home. Like three or four hours. Yeah. Fucking A. And then I would lose. I don't like sleeping and I'm usually bad at it. And so I would end up losing like most of my evening and doing stuff while I was on it that usually involved my phone and usually involved people hating me. When I was done. What do you mean on your phone? Because I thought you said you weren't on um, social media or you weren't on social media like for your new purpose and your new platforms. You're right. Gotcha. Okay. So I call people and text them and like talk to girlfriends or I'm good at getting people to spend a lot of time on the phone with me. <laughs> gotcha. So then they'd hate me usually. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and I wouldn't remember why until I got like usually like I'd play video games and I'd forget what the fuck I did. Yeah, right. I have to spend like seven hours going back through it in my brain during the workday to figure out like what the fuck I did the night before. So I'd be prepared to do it all again that night. And I hated myself for it. And then multiply that by 16 years worth of days. Dude, that's 
So thirty-seven. So that's starting like basically right when you could start drinking then. Right. Because yeah. all the tools that I could have had a hard time getting my hands on, like drugs, were just such a pain in the ass. I just stopped trying, even though I liked how a lot of the other ones I could use affected me better than alcohol. Yeah, that's where I go conspiracy theory with big pharma and alcohol, and the reason why the shit doesn't get. Because no one was paying, making me pay them for the pleasure. Thanks, capitalism. Yeah. Right. <sighs> yeah. All of this is an institution that only exists because of America and the way that we set up our laws three hundred years ago. Right. So and you're asking me about Woodstock, and I'm telling you the answer is too big. Yeah, I was just curious why you got Woodstock. Although I mean, like, it could be a plausible theory. Again, the Sasquatch guy, like, I love the way he thought about it. Is like, you kind of have to have some specifics to your theories. It doesn't mean it has to be Woodstock. It could have been a whatever Jefferson Airplane concert, but it could have been yeah. something in that essence. Woodstock was an allegory that I used for you because I thought for you specifically, it would be effective based on what I knew of you. And I do that differently with different people all the time. Got you, got you, got you. Got you. So then the day you decided to stop drinking, what was the, was it like seeing yourself in a mirror? Did somebody say something to you? Was there some message? I'll tell you specifically if you stop trying to tell me what you think I had happen. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's the way I set shit up all the time. kind of guests on your show than me. Say again? <clears throat> You're used to having different kinds of guests on your show than me. No, I, I think it's just the way. I don't know. Maybe. Everybody's unique. Everyone's a snowflake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of snowflakes need prompts on your show, probably. I don't know if they need them. I think it's just what I do, to be honest with yeah. you. It's like some people have ums. I form. I, okay. I do that shit with questioning, probably honestly too often. But yeah, so what was the day? Well, it's, you know, the thing that I felt was that you were maybe telling me how I felt instead of letting me tell you. No. Um, me, I'm trying to oh, contextualize... That's just how I felt. I'm not saying that's what you did. Yeah, I was just explaining what I did. Yeah. <laughs> you wanted well enough that I didn't need you to do that, but a lot of other people usually might or like it, you know? Gotcha. And I didn't hate it. I just didn't need it. <laughs> and you've done it enough times that I thought, he's going to keep doing that forever when we talk if I don't say something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But it's okay. If I don't understand, I'll ask you. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So anyway, what was your question? <laughs> Day you stopped drinking, man. Did it happen and how it was? Yeah, what went down? I was talking to my daughters about some stuff that was kind of personal. And it was a difficult conversation. And I was thinking in the back of my head about how much I wanted to drink either before, during, or after the conversation. Because I couldn't understand why I still felt the way I did. And then also in the front of my mind, I was thinking about a million things like always, because we were talking about their mom and her feelings. Sort of, I wanted to talk about that with them in context of what we were talking about. So I was making sure that we did that in a way that would maybe help them to see things the way I did, which was that we were all talking about her and her feelings without her being part of that process. Hmm. And it took me a really long time to understand why that was a unique perspective. And then it just suddenly clicked and it felt like an enormous fucking, it was crazy. The way I describe it to people is that 
because in the program I use for this, you're, you're taught to share in the, in the framework of what things were like, what happened and what things are like now. Okay. So what it was like is I hated myself and then this specific incident happened and I used to hate everything about it, what I did. And I hated the way that the world reacted to me. And then suddenly in that moment, after five years in this thing that I was doing, I was very proud of myself instead of hating myself for all the perseverance I'd shown instead of being feeling like I was stupider than all the people in it for not getting it the way they did after five years. Cause they all seem to have this same homogenous bullshit message, just like people that are Catholics or whatever say that they believe that one same thing. And I don't think that's true of anybody. And so after that happened, I looked back at my whole life and applied the same thinking a lot of times. And I've been working on that for about three months now. And every day it gets better. I would have hated myself after that appearance on the guy's show I sent you because of the way that the audience felt about me and the way that I would have guessed that the, the other people besides Heather thought about me. And now I don't care at all because I know the way I think is the right way for me. And they can feel as much as anger and pain about how I feel as they want. And they can make it my problem if they want, like everyone does. I'm Cause curious. I spent a lot of time keeping my feelings to myself too. And I don't do that anymore, but I wait till I'm asked. I'm curious why it matters. The stranger's opinions, like why that held so much weight. There's a big answer to that, that I'll figure out soon. I'll think about it for about five seconds. If you want me to tell you what I think today. Okay. Start the timer and tell me when I'm done, because otherwise I'll get lost. <laughs> Noted. Okay, tell me when. Go, man. You're on. Okay. Hmm. Because I needed them to feel the same way about me as I did. And now I just want that. Thanks for helping me realize that. That doesn't seem like a big answer. I thought this was going to be. <laughs> Think about it, though. Yeah, but So then it just leads to the question of why do you feel you needed that? Do you want me to do that again? Sure. See if I can catch it the second time. Because, because important people who I felt like were in positions of authority with knowledge I couldn't possibly possess told me I was wrong about things when I questioned their opinions is why. So these are important people that you're questioning and then because they're not seeing things the way you're seeing. And I assigned that value yeah, yeah, to them right? and what a compliment that was coming from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Huh. And did you assign like most people? Did you see – this doesn't sound like – I'm not trying to make you be like psychotic or any shit like that because it's like people aren't those important. Labels, those labels don't mean anything to me. So you can call me any name you want. But I'm curious, like, did you, do you approach most conversations looking at people like they are that important person? Yeah. As long as I'm talking to you, you're the most important person that exists on the earth, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah, that seems heavy. If you're going through that in your mind and the drinking would just help you to what with that? Stop magnify, thinking. I magnify all the negative parts of what I thought about myself in the world instead of allowing me to focus on all the positivity that everyone else told me I was wrong about forever. Gotcha. Man, that's crazy. 
fucking 16. Sorry, that's just how the world works. Sorry, you think that's dumb. You're too stupid to understand that that's just why way smarter people than you built America. Sorry, homie. Those are just a small set of examples of things I've heard in different words from everyone that I thought mattered in my life. And I learn every day and it took me this long to learn that. Literally figured that out in this conversation with you. I'm not joking or blowing smoke up your ass. I just learn everything that happens, everything, every time that something happens to me and I think about it immediately and then I apply it for the rest of my life. Okay. And you can do the same thing because you're as smart as me and you're thinking about it the right way to do that for yourself in whatever terms that is for you. Maybe. You already did it. You never (laughs) drank yourself to near death, did you? You never thought about buying like a gun from Walmart? Yeah. Because the liver failure you've watched people go through and you didn't want it for yourself. So you put all those kind of consequences in there, huh? I have a good answer to that question. If I can stop choking on my vape. (laughs) What's your favorite word for a set of choices? I don't know if I have favorite words. I have favorite words for everything because they're magic. And if you pick the right ones, you change people's brains the way that yours is a little bit. and You get to hear how they could change yours. Yeah, right. Fucking connotations. Um, Favorite word. What popped in my head was paradigm. But I feel... Yeah, right. But I don't, I don't feel like that is. I just feel like that's something. Well, your feelings are are valid to you the way that mine are to me. Favorite word for choices. Yeah. I don't know, man. To be honest, I guess I'll just go with paradigm, but go ahead. Okay. Mine is, that's a great one. That's one of my favorite words. And what my favorite word for this specific thing is, is ramifications. Oh. And do you know why? Because you're focused on the consequences of those choices where I'm focused on the parameters and fences of those choices. Now people put fences around things that are silly in my opinion, but the thing I think of is the word ramify, which is the word that it came from. Do you know what a ram to ramify is? Like, isn't that what you do with a prostitute? Yeah. You ramify her until she screams for more. (laughs) And then she charges you. Right, that's the double. Julia Roberts never went down that ramification. Thanks for not letting us just enjoy that with each other. (laughs) No, no idea what ramify means. No idea. Well, you've never been a tree, so I don't blame you. Okay. That's the word for when a tree's branch starts growing. No shit. Huh. Yeah. It's what a tree's branch is doing when it grows. It's the verb for that. Okay. So the ramifications are the natural routes that all those intentional created parts turned into. And why is that not consequences? Because the consequences don't exist for anything. Is that nihilism? No, that's what everyone on that show thought. And I was like, all right, no one's listening to me. So I'm not going to tell you why you're wrong. My feelings are my business and they matter to me. And if you don't care, then I won't tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why is that not nihilism if there are no consequences? Because there's no bad outcomes. And there's no good outcomes. There are outcomes. And when the tree's done, you see what that was and the ramifications are there. Oh. Okay. Do you think 
they're bad or good. I think they're good overall on balance and they have bad things about them. Yeah. Like, if, I, like if, if a big ass branch is over my roof, that's a bad thing. Widowmaker is a terrible thing to deal with my man. <laughs> like that's what I mean. Like basics like that. Um, yeah. But it, it, that's not the tree deciding to be bad or good. It's just growth. You know, it's you it's, deciding to place value on the tree's branch for some reason because you're God apparently. Because of the consequences that the tree's branch brings about. Yeah. Well, it didn't bring any consequences till it falls on your house and then it's not part of the tree, is it? The tree didn't do that to you. The tree was too weak to withstand the storm. That's the issue. The tree was strong enough to grow big enough to be taller than your house and you. Yeah, until it met its maker. And then it fucked up my little anthill. And then come back to me and tell me why trees are fucked up. All right, Sean? (laughs) Because apparently they can't respect my three-dimensional space of property ownership. That's why. Yeah. What a a dick those trees are. Good thing we were here first. (laughs) Vegetation. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's interesting. So the ramifications. And the thing is I'm telling you right now, I'm realizing. I'm not telling you my thoughts. I'm telling you what you're making me think of because my goal when we started this conversation was to tell you about myself and be a good guest. Am I achieving those goals for you and your show? I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know, man. I, I don't think I've ever... Yeah, I don't think I've ever thought that like while talking to somebody. Like, wow, that was a good guest. Wow, that was a bad guest. Maybe I look at guests I much like... All the time. I don't care about myself at all. And that's another nihilistic thing that people got mad at me for the other night. What do you mean? Because I love myself enough that I don't need help from anybody or anything, but I love all the help I get when I get it. I don't care about what's going on here for my sake. My sake's good. I got all the shit I need out of life right now, and it's getting better every day. Okay. I stopped drinking, and I stopped using that as the wrong tool, and I use the effective tools more and more as I learn how good they are and how they work for the right reasons. Was exercise any part of that? Like, I would feel like if you're not drinking, man, you'd have to figure out a way to get yourself exhausted. Why? How do you fucking turn your brain off? Eventually, I have to. Until I figure out a way to plug into a wall and keep working on shit that I think is important. <laughs> well, you sleep. Do you think that's next level? Like, you fucking USB your brain, and when you go to sleep your metacognitive functions just drift off into some stop, dude. You do not think that's going to actually happen. There's no fucking way. Stop. Have you ever heard the phrase polyphasic sleeping? If I didn't know what ramify was, do you really need to ask me that question? I know every word I've ever heard. If I remember it intentionally, (laughs) (laughs) you believe me? No. Uh, probably. Yeah. Where do you think I went to college? I don't know if like that. I think college is a real overrated metric of intelligence. I'll answer the question, then I'll tell you. Do I think you went to college? Or where do you think? Where do I think you went to college? You see, you weren't listening to me. You were thinking about your own thing as soon as I said one word. No, I thought I was trying to answer the other question. Um, I don't know. What other question than the one I asked? Your question? What was it? Yeah, I was making fun of you for thinking I would might maybe know the whatever those four words were. I know, because you probably had your feelings a little bit involved because I asked you if you knew what they meant. No, it wasn't a feeling thing. It was more like a, fuck, no, I don't know what those words are. <laughs> like that's, that's just out of my wheelhouse, man. I'm like... 
best friends now. Do you see what happened? <laughs> no, I don't. Completely lost. <laughs> I'm playing Zelda without the map. Like, I'm just... Oh, you just activated me. <laughs> I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm gone. You just activated me, and I'll tell you how. <laughs> Please. When I'm done with this thing. Okay, go. I didn't go to college, and I didn't finish high school. No shit. Yeah, I don't think those are important institutions, and it took me until I was 17 to realize that, and to the degree that I would just get my GED and stop trying so hard at it. You know? And so then I also, what was the other thing that we were talking about that led to that? Oh, polyphasic sleeping. Polyphasic sleeping, shutting your mind off. Yeah, so what I do now is I wait until it needs to sleep and I sleep on its schedule instead of the one the world decided was better for everybody. Are you discovering any sort of routine with that? Or is there no routine yeah. for that? Really? What is that? Yeah, I sleep for like, I don't know. Right now it's about two hours a day. And so what happens is I like fall asleep and then I can't fucking stop my brain. And alcohol let me fix that, but I don't do that. And so... Hang on a second while I order my thoughts. Because they're fucking very vast. You know, sometimes in like the mansion that I put all my shit inside, I have to go look for the right room. So I'm spending time wasting yours while I think of what I want to say. And polyphasic sleeping is an idea that is that your brain only needs a certain amount of rest. And so you sleep in phases. Hence poly. And what I'm hoping for to happen is what this guy in the experiment described that he did on himself. Like I do experiments on myself a lot. And he um, did it like how he had to like manage his sleep for the world. So he managed it for himself. And he got to the point where he slept for about 20 minutes, about six times a day, which I think is healthier. And I'm striving for that. I've just realized during this conversation, because I was stressed about that till we talked. And then um, the way I'm doing it is I fall asleep in, like unintentionally every day. Sometimes in my chair playing D&D, mostly without brushing my teeth, which I'll fix now that I'm thinking about it like this. That's always been a problem. Dental care has been difficult. I have decent teeth, but they could have been amazing if I wouldn't have fucking kept going and doing shit that I wanted to that I thought was important instead of brushing my teeth because I didn't understand my priorities. <laughs> and the world was assigning priorities to me that I didn't like. Um, but anyway, polyphasic sleeping allows you to sleep on your schedule. And it lets your brain get the rest that it needs from the delta wave rest or I think that's the delta part of the sleep that's important it's the deepest phase of sleep it's not the REM stuff where you dream because that's split second but you spend most of your time doing that and trying to reach the deep delta part and so what I do is I end up getting the delta part out of the way fucking as fast as my brain needs it because it's realized it can't get it just needs me to it just has to do it and it's like sorry homie I'm shutting off the lights I'll see you in an hour and then I get that delta sleep or whatever the deep part is, you can ask me if you think that I said it wrong. And then I just move on with my day when I wake up. And if I don't feel good about it and I'm too unrested, I try it a little different the next day. So you asked me about a routine like that was important to me and it's important to you, but it's not to me. Benefit of being your own boss. That's why I started a company a few weeks ago along with all the other shit that I did. But it took me about seven or eight minutes and I knew it would take me a half hour if this guy Chris didn't help me. <clears throat> gotcha what's the company good at other stuff llc sole proprietor kai morid <laughs> and so help me to understand um llc's like what's the benefit of that 
the federal government of the United States of America treats me as a human being instead of a resource that it can dispose of. Elaborate, please. I can write off all the, like, I'm in debt right now, um, farther than I've ever been because I'm careful. And I'm in debt because I thought what I was doing was so important that I'd rather live wherever than have this beautiful space I've made for myself because of how passionately I believe in what I'm doing. So I have like two more months to do that here and then I'll have to do it somewhere else and it'll probably take me a bunch of time and energy to set up what I have here somewhere else, which will be frustrating because I thought this would all work faster than it has because I've been working on it for like 37 years in my head and I'm very smart but I've only been working on it physically and showing things to people for a few weeks and months in some cases. So no one believes that I've made the progress that I've made alone since then. And they wonder who's helping me besides them because I'm asking for help. In my opinion. What's progress for you? What's progress to you? Yeah. For me, it's metrics, right? Like, like how many views I have or how many followers I have. I don't know, man. So I, when I, and I guess, why I'm thinking about that. I heard about, fuck man, it might've been four years ago. You hear about stocks. So I'm like, oh wow, you can buy stocks online now. So I call Fidelity. I'm like, how do you buy stocks? I have $10,000. What should I do with this? Well, the thing is you should pay the $10,000 to us and then we'll tell you how it works. No, no, no. Actually, what they said was, and I had not thought about it. They were like, well, what's your goal with the $10,000? I was like, fuck man, I don't have a goal. I just want more. And they were like, well, what's more? You lucky bastard. You would have gotten fleeced for 10 grand if someone else had picked up the phone. I don't think I would have got fleeced because I understand that concept. But what I'm saying is it was the first time that I was like. If you'd, have, if you'd have called me and asked me that five years ago, I would have had $10,000. Debatable. What What I'm getting at though is. You might have had 50 when I was done if I was right about some shit I thought when you asked me the question. But I would have had the 10 grand and not you when we were done talking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But what I'm getting at is when you're saying things like, I want to be successful, right? Like what, what is, what does success mean to me? Yeah. If I change the world to be 1% better than it was before I was born and thought everything I thought and did, then I was successful in my life. If I didn't make a net negative on the world, then I was successful. Net negative in what way? If the world likes itself the same or better, instead of starting to hate itself more every year, like it seems to, then I will have made a big difference. Okay. Like an insurmountably big difference, an amazing difference that another person smarter than me could take and move on to the next stage. Like everyone else, like John Lennon and Bill Clinton and all the other people that were too smart for the other people in the room and had to learn how to manage that over their lives. And they did it sooner than me and didn't drink mostly or drink effectively compared to me. Bill Clinton? Did. <clears throat> yeah, he's a genius. Really? Yes. He used to do the New York Times Sunday crossword during his meetings and answer every question while he did it just to show people that they didn't need to fucking mansplain shit to him. And the only reason Hillary put up with his infidelity is because she watched him do that for a long time in different ways through their life. Just figure shit out and understand huge concepts. Yeah, why do you think he was the president? I don't because he got why aren't you i don't probably because i don't know if i'd pass the background check man 
I would. I'm careful, but I don't know if I want to be the president unless it's of the world. And it's so that I can like give that position to my kids when I'm done with it. Holy shit. <laughs> Interesting. President of the world. That's the only position you'd go for. Universe. I changed my mind. Universe. Unless someone else came to explain to me why that was a bad idea, they could do it better. And I agreed with them. That's like some deity level shit. So do you not go with the power, absolute power corrupts absolutely? I think I've always had absolute power the same way you have. And I've allowed it to corrupt me to the degree that I have, same as you. I don't think you've had absolute power over myself. And I'm as corrupt as you think I am right now. It's the same power you have over yourself. Is that comparable to if you were president of the universe? What power that's different that I have today would that be? I feel like president over the universe, you're in charge of everyone. Like you being in charge of you, you're in charge of you. All right. Tell me, spend as much time as you want to tell me why those are different concepts. It's the project manager, man. You're basically asking to be the project manager of the universe, which you refer to as babysitting. Like it's, yeah. you don't really have, you don't really have the power. Right. Like, so then I don't know, like it just always, to me, it seemed like such a weird position. Why people would actually want to have that. I know. What a stressful thing to do. It really is. I don't want all the stress unless I can do it for everyone at the same time and not have to fucking keep repeating myself like I have to do all the time. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, that's some Thanos shit right there. It would take me like fucking at least a day to figure out what I wanted to do with all that. And that's a long time for me. Is it long? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I only sleep for two hours. Think about that. That is true. And so, like, the gaming, do you not do TV shows or streaming shows or whatever? Movies? I do that. Yeah? Go look at my Twitch channel right now if you want to. Do you need a login to log on to Twitch? Nope. Okay. Yeah, I've never been on Twitch. Well, you can watch the episode I was on if you want to later. You probably won't, but I liked it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'm trying to think like if I, if two hours of sleep, 22 hours of the day, I'm like, fuck, man. It's it's amazing if I go a day without streaming. I know, I'm like right there to get the rest of it, you know? Two hours is nothing. I'll figure it out. What do you mean? Figure out how to like just zonk out for five minutes, five minute clips like you're on a toilet. You're defecating and getting to your Delta sleep and you're like, this is some efficient shitting. That happened one time when I got too high off a of gravity bong in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the Delta real quick, huh? <laughs> yeah, that everyone thought <laughs> they were all at least as high as me. And so they went outside to check on me after we played Mario Kart together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you were shitting outside? Is it like an outhouse? Oh, the bathroom of a new person's house and i fell asleep on the toilet because i was so high uh, gotcha, gotcha. and they thought i went to smoke and so they fucking went and looked for me for hours because <laughs> they were worried about me because i told them i never used a gravity bomb before dude those things will get you was it I, was it like a hollowed out um like a five gallon water say again gatorade bottle oh gatorade bottle okay <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. It worked very effectively on me no and the rest of my party. <laughs> Great party when everybody passes out on the shitter. <laughs> <laughs>
So anyway, I woke up and I was in this unfamiliar house in this unfamiliar city that I just got to in this unfamiliar life that I had at that day on the toilet with my butt gross because I was in someone else's house and I couldn't jump in the shower. <laughs> and then I had to figure out how to clean myself up as best as possible. Okay. And then I went out in the living room and I had no idea how much time had passed. I didn't even think about looking at my phone. And there was no one in the house and I was like, like, what the fuck? The rapture? I don't know. And I didn't have most of these people's phone numbers because I just got to this project. Right. So it was a really fucking weird night for me. What, um, like you were, they bring out Gravity Bong and you're like, sure, man, never done it. Seems like a good yeah. time. Sure. I'm going to jump out of an airplane in a few weeks for the same reason. Oh, no shit. What got you yeah. going there? I just thought it'd be fun. We'll see if I'm right. Hi, Sebastian. Yeah, that's got to be... Fuck, I'm trying to think. What's the highest thing I've jumped off of? Like, the longest I've felt... Weightless. Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, out of control. You know, like, when I walk, when I jog, when I work out, I always feel like I can... Oh, that's a great way to phrase that. That's better. I like that more than what I thought. Yeah, Thank you. Okay. <laughs> right like because i don't know if you're actually weightless that's why you're falling <laughs> i wonder you're if you feel the earth has mass and so do you and that's physics homie say again i said you're always as weightless as you could ever be and so am i but the earth and i both have mass in relation to each other along with my cat so we don't fly away from each other that's why i love hugging people yeah but that's why you're flying to the earth is my point you're not actually weightless in that moment. Do you want me to disagree with you or move on to your thought? No. Well, I mean, cause I know NASA does that shit to train people for weightlessness. Yeah. But I'm just like, I guess technically out of control was the way that I like thinking of it after you said that, because weightlessness doesn't exist as a concept except to frame it for other humans. Well, no, it does exist. If you're floating in space, an absence of something exists. Yeah. Huh? Just like the only rule is there are no rules makes it a rule. The rule is the thing that exists, not the lack of them. I, I can't. Sorry, I can't. That's okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I've been thinking about this for as long as I need you to get there, and you just heard it. Okay. And you're at least as smart as me about different shit. Tell me, blow my mind real quick. Or you did it without a control versus weightlessness, but go ahead. I don't know. I don't really have a go-to blow your mind thing I keep in my pocket. I do. I have a ton of them. Want to know one? <laughs> Please. One of the loudest animals on the planet is about that big. Okay. That big being the size of a nostril for those people who can't see your fingers? Yeah, and I like that this format's working for us because you can be the guy that's in charge of making sure that people know what I mean. <laughs> <clears throat> and so it's like called a bullet shrimp. And it's called a bullet shrimp because it makes the same decibel volume as a gun when it goes off with its little tiny, 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 tiny claw. And it does that by super cavitating the water around it. Super what? Super cavitating. Cavitating. <clears throat> yeah. And that creates a cavity in the water where there's oxygen somehow. 
or a lack of the water. It's not oxygen. It's a perfect vacuum. Why do they have this power? Does it, is it to kill or is it to keep them from being killed? Both, because what they do is stun their prey with it or their enemies. Oh, shit. What's the wind-up on that? Like, I'm thinking Nothing. of, like, Yogimon. Nothing. <laughs> Pokemon. It happens instantly as soon as they decide to. How and it's a bigger power than I, in my brain, and that's a huge superpower like yours. How, how do they get the sound out? Well, you think it's a sound, and you can hear it when it happens, but what happens is that the lack of water where there was water, and then the sudden resumption of water where there was water, creates at least, like, I don't remember the decibels. I think it's, like, in the 160 range, which is louder than a jet taking off. And it, it's just the physics of it. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying is how, like, do they blow? Do they punch? Like, how does that energy get transferred? They snap their claws together at 60 miles an hour underwater. Does it matter how much water is around them? Nope. Because they do it in the ocean. No matter the depth. Correct. They can't live. No. I don't know how deep I'm, they can I'm live. Calling really I'm calling bullshit. There, there's, no right there's no Look way. There's no way. Depth? Depth doesn't you matter? Instead of arguing with me, motherfucker. Depth doesn't matter? It has to matter. It has to matter. I don't know how deep they can live because they're built different than me and physics affect them differently because pressure matters based on how you evolved to it. Yeah, I'd agree. I'm just wondering. I love talking to people smarter than me because then you get it quicker than it took me to figure it out. I don't know if I figured it out, man. But I'm just saying, like, if you're snapping I'm thinking your about that idea and the ones that surrounded it for 37 years and you just heard it. Okay. Why does that See, blow your mind? Because of their size? Like, why did it blow your mind? I don't know if it blew my mind. I just thought it was cool. <laughs> you don't believe me yet. No, I didn't say I don't believe you. What I said was... on me. What else does that mean? Say again? You called bullshit on me. No, I called bullshit not on the bullet shrimp, bullshit on the bullet shrimp being able to enact this power no matter the depth. Because in my head, I'm thinking submarines can only go so far. Pressure continues to add weight. So if you're going with this force, that's got to get through all this additional water. Well, here's what I want you to do. Put your hands in the sink, fill up your sink, and then clap your hands at 60 miles an hour. Or just do it in the air. Could I? Would it be even close to 60 miles an hour? I bet not. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> but then, like, it would be muffled. Like, wouldn't the range, because of all the weight, the deeper you get, the the, the range would be limited. It's, 60, it's the decibel range I gave you underwater. So imagine how loud that would be if the same effect was produced with a lack of oxygen molecules and nitrogen and all the other gases that surround us. And the gases were as dense as water, but somehow they could effectively translate the sound waves the same way water did in a different way. Yeah, so you lost me. It would probably be it would be an order of magnitude louder on land. Yeah. So why again, because of the scale, like this little thing makes big noise, that's why that blows your mind? Well, do you believe me now? And does it blow your mind now that you're thinking of it in those terms? 
No, it doesn't, it doesn't blow my mind. I mean, I guess I think it's neat that a fucking little bullet shrimp could make a big sound like that. I don't know if that blows my mind, though. But all the physics you just described to me are what you spent so much time learning about that we had this conversation. And that's our way of understanding the universe that we've created, but I'm making better ones in my head all the time. Okay. Physics is just a framework like everything else. Rules, right? Yeah. And so they're the rules that you might agree are correct. And I agree with most of the laws of physics and I don't agree with all of them. Really? What's the law of physics you don't agree with? Well, I don't like the word law because science doesn't have laws. It has provable theories that you can t test as many times as you want with the same result, right? Yeah. So uh, the hard limit on the speed of light is one. Okay. We've just observed light at that speed enough times that we've agreed that no one could ever exceed it. Doesn't mean that it can't be exceeded. Yeah, because there's not a vacuum in space like there is when you supercavitate. Fucking drop and supercavitate again. I want you to remember it because you're going to love using that word tomorrow or whenever you decide to, I think, in my opinion, based on what I know about you, not because I know your life or you. I wonder. Like, all I want to do is go up to a baby and supercavitate on their belly button. No! <laughs> kill a baby! <laughs> Would it kill a baby? Yeah. Could I go 60 miles an hour I'm with... You want to remove all of the air around the baby and then have it reintroduced so fast that yeah, it's physics little, takes place. It's, it's belly like goes like a raspberry. I want to supercavitate a raspberry, a raspberry on a baby's belly. Isn't that what supercavitating is? Basically, I'm blowing that air. Yeah, and that's what happens on the boys whenever Homelander affects things at the speed that he can move. You lost me, Homelander. Have you seen that show? No. Have you seen a superhero show where a superhero accidentally hurt someone or killed them because of how quickly they did something? I get the concept. can't think of an example now. Well, you need to move pretty goddamn quick, probably faster than the speed of light to supercavitate. <laughs> and a bullet shrimp does it. But the laws of physics suggest the bullet shrimp can't exist and it's just an unsolved mystery. Oh, now I see where you're getting to your mind being blown. Okay. All right, coming together. I know, and you're so smart, you figured it out faster than me, and I just realized a lot of how it, the framework allowed me to get my mind blown while I talked to you, so I'm enjoying my night immensely. <laughs> you know what I mean, homie? <laughs> barely. Barely, barely, barely. That's interesting. What's another, what's another mind-blowing fact? This is interesting. People think we can't teleport someday. Really? Because yeah. just reconstructing the map. Oh, wait, you don't like when I do the framing of the questions. Why? <laughs> no, frame, it, frame it your way and then I'll tell you what I think. This is different than what happened earlier. You don't, yeah, I, thought, I, I thought it was going to be the same thing. Mind-blowing, people won't accept teleporting because Jeff Goldblum's the fly, too many variables. Can I tell you the difference so that we don't have to be, like, you don't have to feel confused? Yeah. You're not telling me what I think. You're telling me what I might think. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I, why is it mind blowing?
Remember, guys, we just met a few days ago. This is not fucking a trick. I'll do it with you, too. Um, because Jeff Goldblum teleports in the fly or whatever medium you want. If you want to pick Franz Kafka, Metamorphosis is sort of, sort of a similar concept, but like differently presented. Uh, or I prefer Gene Roddenberry because that's the one that everybody like fixates on and it's easier to frame it for you or whoever knows about it that way. So what's your most familiar teleportation can't work story? I already gave it to you, Jeff Goldblum. Okay. And it was because he got combined with the fly? Didn't seem to work out super well for his happiness or the world. You don't want to be a fly unless you intended to. Right? Yeah, I think he just wanted to flex his intellect and get laid. Me too, man. I think that's basically <laughs> <laughs> core principles. Core principles. Yeah. yeah, and what happened with him is that he had a mistake that he couldn't have predicted happen, and it was that a fly showed up when he was proving he was right. Right. And so, if that hadn't happened, what do you think the movie would have been about? Him flexing into life and getting laid, probably. Yeah, I mean, like he, the Hugh Hefner and Elon oh, Musk. Oh, into ladies' bedrooms, like, hey, baby. No doubt. Or it you been, if I could do this for sure, drop well, those, drop those, and let me see what we think together. You know, it could have been like real corny, like the nerd movies in the eighties, Revenge of the Nerds, where like Dude, instead of setting up, I still like the movie. Sorry, everyone, it was for its time, trying to do what I am. It's it's pretty amazing how just raunchy vulgar they are. But that's what Jeff Goldblum would have been. He'd have been the dude just teleporting in the middle of the fucking fraternity. Or no, they're not fraternities. What are the um? Girl. The sororities. Sorority. Sorority. <laughs> Bedrooms just bing, bing. Yeah. And he just had a mound of panties and probably been unhappy for a lot of different reasons. <laughs> Forgot about the panties. Just like Rick, you know? Just like Rick. <laughs> Rick and Morty. That was so stupid, the panties. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> they didn't know any better. They tried as best they could like me and you. <laughs> oh, God. So why aren't people going to... So you're saying what blows your mind is that people will not accept teleporting? Yeah, why do you think people won't accept it? Because they don't think they can do it. And they wish they could. And that's why people won't accept drugs and, and, and lesbians and anything else that everyone else doesn't accept. Like the Republican National Convention. Look at my Twitter I added them recently because there's some legislation being introduced to prevent people from treating race as a questionable issue in high schools and, and racial struggle. And the Republicans have decided that in American schools, you shouldn't learn about that. And they've introduced that legislation and it's in place now and it's making jobs for people like you harder. Is it? How? Look at my Twitter and figure out which state I'm talking about because it's not the one you live in. I can't do that now and conversate with you, man. My mind doesn't work like yours. So for the sake... I'm telling you to do it later because you're going to want to look and see what I said to S.E. Hinton anyway. So like for for the sake of the conversation, like why? Why is that going to make my job harder? Well, how would you feel if you couldn't tell a black student they were right for feeling bad about the way that they're treated by America? That's like legitimately in the legis- That's legitimately in the legislation. You're not allowed to talk about that with them as a teacher. How America has made them feel. 
how their feelings make them feel about the way that they're treated as a different race than white people who made the legislation. <clears throat> or the black people or the brown people or whatever color that everyone else thinks matters so much. Yeah. People. Huh. It felt like they had to agree to get their needs met and advance the agenda that's important to them. And the connection between this and teleporting not happening is... Donnie Darko, I just realized. Have you seen it? Uh, no, I mean, I've heard of it. I think I saw it, like, for some reason, the image of the bunny is popping up in my head, but no. Yeah, it's very memorable. That was a great cover for a show. Yeah, but no, never, never watched it. That's a bummer. You're going to like it when you watch it someday. <laughs> okay. Uh, the thing that's cool about it is there's a teacher in there. There's several, and it's framed by a very intelligent student who is questioning the world and then who is told by a lot of authority figures that he can't possibly be right about the things he thinks. And then he spends a time being miserable based on that and is finally happy the day that he realizes he was right and then dies. Okay. I loved that movie and I couldn't figure out why until just now. So thanks for helping me figure that out too. Deep dive. We're Spurlunkin. Ooh, Spurlunkin. Do I get credit for that word? Point. If you if you'd added one less letter, you would have spur lung. What's spelunk? Spelunk. Is that really how you say it? It's not spur. It's spelunking. Yeah. It's spelunking. Yeah, and spur is a thing on a foot or a horse. Yeah. If they if they hate you. Spelunking. Is it? Yeah. Like, so only reason I know that is because of fucking Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight, where he's covering up when he's trying to get all this cool gear made, and he's like spurlunking again but maybe i just misheard it or maybe that's my delaware accent hearing it spelunking huh. or maybe they thought that that was a funny way to mispronounce it for the character they were writing or maybe the actor decided to do that and the director decided that that was a great take or maybe no one knows except for yeah you, except for you or, or me because i just figured it out you know who knows <laughs> okay so the the teleporting and the law are basically people connection with Donnie Darko, people not realizing that they're living up to others' expectations, trying to, it's making them unhappy. Can I tell you what I think and then you can tell me what you think? Sure. The teachers want to tell Donnie Darko that he's right about some things in the movie and they can't because they're scared that they'll lose their jobs. And one of them does because she agreed with him and it was brave and she loved that job. And it was Drew Barrymore who I love. Oh shit. Yeah, she's sick as fuck, dude. And uh, she was talking about in the movie how her favorite combination of words is cellar door because it's the most beautiful according to another writer. And she teaches a writing class. I don't know if I agree with her. There's a lot of words that are too beautiful for me to even think about too hard. Cellar, cellar door? I'm lost. Well, she just loved it. And I'm just telling you a little a couple details about the movie I love. It's not important for what I'm saying. Okay. I've never thought about like a combination of words that's beautiful. What's beautiful to you, Paradigm? I know one. No, I don't know if that's beautiful to me. That's what I thought of with choices. I I feel like I would have said that or now like reflecting, I would have gone labyrinth, but I think that's my intellectual securities coming to the surface with me trying to like use impressive jargon. That's You've already done that with me enough times. You don't need to worry about it because you've proven to me what words you find beautiful by what first came to your mind in situations. I don't 
don't know, man. I don't think beauty's contextualized like that for me. I'm not. That's fine. What word would you use? Beauty to me exists everywhere. Yeah, I've never thought of a combination of words being beautiful. Like, man, that just flows. You know what? Actually, and neither, and neither had I until I saw Donnie Darko. Yeah, right. The first. So now I'm thinking it would be um, silken, sad, uncertain, rustling of each purple curtain, thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Silken, sad, uncertain would be like. Alliteration exists without the need for all the words to start the same. Say that again. You're like familiar with alliterativeness where it's like, Sam said something stupid and it all starts with an S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that exists in that phrase without the need for what I just said. It doesn't all have to start with an S, but it's beautiful. Silk and sat uncertain, certain, but it starts with a U. Yeah. And it starts with a C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the letters aren't the same, but the sound's the same. It's it's next level alliteration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess maybe, yeah, that would be... Yeah, I don't know. I've I've never thought of a word combination as being beautiful, but then if I start thinking about like, man, what... What do you just appreciate is that shit like that. It's almost like wordplay. I'd watched um, a TikTok. You labyrinth and that made me think of <laughs> ramifications. Yeah? How? Because it's the same kind of idea that's a huge framing concept with one simple sound. Like every word, if you consider it the right way. But I don't consider all the words that way. Just the ones I find beautiful in combination or context, which is almost all of them. Yeah. But not the word the combination, not the articles. Um, yeah, the yeah. articles are helpful, but I don't love how beautiful they are. They're like like really useful tools that are like beautiful in their ugliness, you know. Yeah, they're. Yeah, <laughs> I won't get into it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, your mind's as busy in my, as mine on different stuff. Yeah, I just, uh, my mind's busy on more wasteful things like The Office. And there is this skit where Kevin doesn't want to use unnecessary like syllables and words because to save time. And then they spend the whole time explaining to him how the confusion caused by him not doing this. But but, but why? Yeah, it's, um, so it's, I guess. And then I started thinking of like the people who sit around thinking of the world the way I do and you do. Yeah, and then like articulating that into a very funny way, and he just got sick of trying with everyone, so he just lets them tell them, tell him what he needs to know, and then answers them when he finally knows what they need because he knows what he needs already. <laughs> yeah, but it's because he's so simple. Kevin's such a fucking simple creature on that show. I love it. <laughs> oh my man, I'm just like Kevin. Me and Kevin are homies, you know, in my head. <laughs> Mind blowing facts teleporting fucking got to the office from teleporting how's that yeah so i'll wrap it up now if you want with the teleporting thing and we can move on to the next thing that you got written down i don't have no what i write down is just shit for time stamping i don't have like um next question things i actually always go to the past not the future with my writing i know i love you for that because we get to talk about both that way and my show's the same okay so yeah wrap up teleporting yeah so donnie darko discussed that concept the way gene roddenberry wouldn't because the teacher in that show let Donnie Darko think about it the right way. And Gene Roddenberry thinks that if you put a copy of yourself into a machine, and then the other end of the machine builds your copy out of different molecules, it has to shred the original facts. Mm. And Donnie Darko's teleportation involved time and the idea that it doesn't exist the way humans perceive it. 
And so it allowed for a perfect teleportation of us that we use every time we have a memory. Hmm. And the clearer the memory is, the stronger we teleport to it. And the stronger an imaginative thing in the future that happens is, and the clearer it is in our mental eye, the more firmly we teleport there too, and we can live in all those times and places. I had not thought of teleporting being memories, but that's, I mean, I've seen that happen in fucking movies. <laughs> that's that's yeah, like almost a... And when I said it to you, but I didn't have the pieces to build that until Donnie Darko and Gene Roddenberry and all the other geniuses that thought of that stuff that are way smarter than me did. And then I put it all together the way I need to. And I hadn't even thought of that concept. Like, I don't know if that would have gone through my mind being like, if I enter this teleport machine, I'm not me on the other end. Why not? Because I don't think I'm smart enough to realize like my molecules might be rearranged. Like there's some fucking A. Well, what's the thing on the spire on the Stop DNA? rearranging your molecules then. Quit it. <laughs> you don't think they are? Just condensing they them? are. Every second you are alive. And if you die, they rearrange in a way that helps other things instead of you. Yeah, right. Hmm. I like talking to scientists a lot. Sounds like it. Because well, I just did a lot of research on my own. I'm not, I don't like work with them or collaborate. I do all this stuff in my head. And then when I talk to them, they agree with me a lot. So it means that I'm right about a lot of my theories. Reaffirming? Yeah. Well, I already know. I already know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just like you know everything you know. I guess. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. <laughs> and they know stuff they think they know and one that matches what i know and they did a lot more work and research to figure it out and i just read a little bit of it so that i could understand the broad strokes and then i did my own mental gymnastics i talked to them about it and if i'm wrong about stuff i go back and read a little more and i figure out what i was wrong about and then i talk to another one that has the same influence area or passion I'm curious about validity or acceptance when you're reading shit. I need to know what you mean by that. Your brain. No, see, the last time, now you've got me feeling all awkward. Now I'm feeling all awkward with how I arrange my questions. So I'm trying to keep it all short and sweet. Um, But basically. The difference is this time I'm asking you to explain your thoughts instead of you just deciding I need it. Gotcha. That's a good point. Remember when I said, if I don't understand, I'll ask you a direct question. There it goes. So you read a study. Do you have particular sites? Do you have particular scientists? Do you have particular things within the study, sample sizes, methodology of experimenting that allows you to accept it as valid or not? Yeah. Or yeah. Like you're going to, okay, cool, man. I'll accept you changing my mind. <laughs> Cause yeah. it seems like that would take a lot. <laughs> no, it's instant every time it happens. And you've done it hundreds of times during our conversation. I just don't always go into the process with people. Okay. So yeah, man, I think I understand what you're asking now. <laughs> if I look at it and I agree with it, then it's valid. And if I don't, then it's probably invalid. Isn't that confirmation bias, though? That that seems a little... Um... Hey, in my opinion. <laughs> so don't try and tell me how I feel about that, okay? 
fucking arbitrary, dude. I thought there was going to be some shit to be like, hey, man, the next time you're reading a study, look for this. This I is know, how. You to tell me what to do better, and I didn't want to give you the option. Thing is, <laughs> no, I wasn't trying to tell you what to do better. I was, like, curious. Do you look for shit that, like, when I read articles, I don't necessarily look for to be like, yeah, I accept this. Or, you know what, that's kind of bullshit. Yeah. You know what you just changed my mind about is how I presented something to you because what I need to say instead is that I use the same process you do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't go – because that that's that would be to me a little concerning if you're like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm putting information out there and how I get information to make me think about things, how I say that information is correct is only if it goes with what I think. Well, I waited. I was an input device long enough that I waited till I was ready to be an output device. <clears throat> so I didn't do this with a lot of people until recently, which is hard for a lot of people that have known me for a long time to understand. Didn't do what? Talk to people honestly about what I thought. I got told from a young age by a lot of people that what I said didn't have any validity, so I stopped trying. And I turned back from an output device to an input device at about the age of like five or so. Gotcha. And then I just was input only until recently. And now I'm outputting again because I readjusted my thinking over the course of that 32 years. And now it's better for the world, not me. It was perfect for me when I was born. For the world. Which I, which I don't remember, but I remember a lot of things from when I was a really small child that I got told were impossible by my authority figures that I believed. So I don't fucking worry about what that kind of stuff means to me anymore, unless I agree with them. Hmm. And I'm done trying to blow your mind to prove you right or prove myself right about some things. And now I'm trying harder to engage with you on your preferred communication process. So you're probably enjoying the interview more now than when it started, but I, I was enjoying it the same the whole time. <laughs> Is it a different interview? <laughs> How does it feel to you? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if I've incremented, treated it in increments of like, oh, now he's, yeah, now I don't, fuck. I need to check on my daughters. Do you mind taking a pause for the cause while I smoke a cigarette and do some things and sit back down? Um, your I, life is more important to me than mine, so I want your time to be valuable to well, you the right way. So let's do this, my friend. Um, since we just got to know, we can let's wrap it up. I have um a guy from Ireland coming on tomorrow that I have to be Hell up yeah. at seven a.m. I'm doing another episode with Kara of her show tomorrow. I can't wait. Hopefully, you don't get banned from it. Um, but do you have a little bit of time? No, I'm just kidding. Just talking shit. Um. <laughs> You were like, what the fuck do you know? Nothing. Um, it's like, what do you know that I don't? I need to know it right now. Shit. Um, do with this segment what you will, but this is how I wrap up the shows. Okay? This is going to be fun for me. Feel free to tell a story. All right? Can I get your best first for last? We've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence. Waiting makes it worthwhile. Let me think for about 30 seconds while I do other things with my mouth and brain while I make sure I have the best first for you for last. Okay. Um, 
Okay. Actually, it took less time than I thought it would. And I have a, how long do I have? Much time as you need, man. As long as you can withdraw. That's not true. How much time do you have? I I mean, you were the one who brought up going. Just go. We'll see. I don't want to go anywhere. I want to talk to you for as long as you want to talk to me. (laughs) I can't can't put a time on it. I feel, I feel if I'm being completely honest and vulnerable with you, I feel like you're stalling because you're trying to evaluate your best first for last because you're worried about being judged. Okay. I'll tell you my best first for last and you can cut it out and put it at the end of the episode. Now, ready? My best first for last for you is the first time that I heard the entirety of the part of the book, the outsiders that Amanda loved so much two nights ago when I was at the end of that show, listening from the audience again. And what I loved so much were the words that were chosen and especially the words green and gold. Because those are beautiful words to frame his feelings in the moment, okay? And Essie Hinton did a perfect job of picking that terminology for the message that I feel like she was trying to express with the book. And so what I love telling you about is the first time I heard that beautiful combination of words, like cellar door, from Essie Hinton's mind, because it changed mind that night. So I could have done that instantly, but I wanted to make sure you knew I was here for your sake, not mine. Do you feel like I'm doing magic tricks when I do that shit? Because I can do it. I'm trying to be nice to you. <laughs> I don't feel like you're doing magic tricks. <laughs> I do because every word is a magic word. So I'll change your mind eventually. <laughs> okay. What was magical about that? What, why is that a magic trick? I know why it was to me. Why was it to you? No, I said it was not a magic trick to me. <laughs> then what word would you use? Was it a physics trick? <laughs> yeah, flipping a switch. <laughs> yeah. What switch did I flip in my brain, in your opinion? I'm asking you a question about how I feel, so tell me everything you want to know. You're asking me a question about how you feel. And I'm giving you permission to not feel awkward about telling me that, like earlier you were trying to do without my permission. I don't don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what you felt in that moment. To me, it came across as you felt you had something to prove and you wanted to condense it into some, into a shorter time frame. What I did was I thought about everything we did in this episode and I wanted to give you something special that you could think about if you ever talked to S.E. Hinton about me. <laughs> oh, God. So that was my goal. All right, so a little disingenuous then. So it's not your best first for last. You were doing that for me. I have. I told you what I was doing. I'm not being disingenuous. That was a shitty word to use to me. Well, initially it is. You told me what you were doing after the fact, not before the fact. You weren't like, dude, I'm going to say my best first for last is to set you up for SE Hinton, so here you go. That would have been more genuine. The fact that it's your best you know first what, for man, last. Here's what I want you to do before you tell me any more words that you might hurt my feelings so bad because my feelings are so big to me and important to me. Okay. Is that I want you to think about the idea that um, what I said before I started was I will tell you my best first for last for you. Oh. <laughs> okay. And I'm very intentional with the words that I choose now. Got you. Makes sense. Yeah. So I don't think it was disingenuous at all. And so it kind of hurt me when you thought that because you're smart and that I think smart people are worth listening to. Okay. So anyway, can I go have a cigarette and keep talking to you or do you have your like shit to do for your night so you can be ready for Ireland? <laughs> Let's get ready for Ireland. 
we'll call it a day, Mike. <laughs> man, well, thank you for uh, coming on, letting people get to know you, man. I appreciate yeah. it. And um, no, you'll never know all of it no. unless I write a memo. A memo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, man. But I have to think about that memo for my entire life, so it'll be a while, I hope. It'd be fucking boiled down, reduced, and condensed. Yeah, it'll probably be like three or four perfect, beautiful words. That'd be amazing. That'd Thanks. Be I hope that, I get to write it someday. That'd be an amazing memo. That's right, why man. Twitter's amazing. <laughs> that's that's another fucking interesting thought like is twitter i got anyway all right man i gotta roll just take care of yourself bye see you man and do you want me to plug myself or do anything at the end if you want to sure go for it (laughs) (laughs) where can people get to know more about you if you guys like to know more about me i'm gonna put my private thoughts places like my blog on my website and on my patreon page and like on my Instagram account and on my Twitter account and on my Twitch channel and in my music that I write and in the sound engineering that I do for other people and in all the collaborations that I make that are special and unique to the one person that I made them with, like I'm hoping Sean feels today. And you can find me at HTTPS colon backslash backslash solo S-O-L-O dot T-O dot com slash Kymorid. Is that a real website? Just so I know. Go look at it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Why is it HTTPS? Why is it not WWW? (laughs) (laughs) Because the World Wide Web doesn't exist, and HTTPS is a fucking protocol. Gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) All right, man. Appreciate your time. Great chatting with you for a little longer, and I'll be seeing you around. Same, man. Call me tomorrow if you feel like it. (laughs) <laughs> I want to hear about Ireland and I'll make it two minutes if you need me to okay on the subject I like thanks to Mike for coming on the getting to know you pod and having the ambition to pursue his ambitions thanks for all your time and energy Mike good luck with your projects Thanks to Andre Psyche for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Search him up. It's Andre Psyche, P-S-Y-C-H-E, on social media. Give him a follow just for the fuck of it. And if you have not already, please friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Word of the pod. Word of the pod is polyphasic. I can't be saying that right. I want to say phasic, but I think it's phasic. Polyphasic is the word of the pod. Post that word on any of our social media or tag the Getting to Know You pod when you use it on yours to get a shout out on our very next podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the Getting to Know You pod on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. You can also go to our Patreon to support the pod's quest in upgrading our sound equipment for as little as $2 a month. If you've enjoyed getting to know any of our guests or want to help improve this podcast. And finally, if you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of or advertise on the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your brand or business. How do you make it happen? Just message us. See you later, alligator.